0: We're on the air.
1: Welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. My name is Patch, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal on Etheria, it's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe?
2: Uh, I need to stop saying, I guess I'm doing alright, because that's how I always enjoy with this stuff. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I've not really had much happen in the last week, I'll be honest, so it's like, I don't know, nothing's really been going on, it's the thing. It's kind of just maintaining at this point. Uh... <laughs> Hmm. Okay,
1: well, how do you feel about that intro? Uh, that was way faster than normal, and I don't know why.
2: <laughs> I mean, hey, at least you didn't mess it up. You just sped through it a bit.
1: Yeah, I don't know. If we keep this up eventually, I'm just going to be chipmunk
2: mode doing the intro. <laughs> <laughs> just going to slur your words, just getting it over with immediately. It's like oh, Speedrun strats. Yeah. Don't enunciate. Yeah. Podcast any percent. You, you, you <laughs> don't have to keep thinking up uh, different ways of, like, you know, trying to call me the most wanted criminal on whatever, if uh, you just uh, speed through it and it's not audible at all. <laughs> so nobody can actually say what you're saying. Or hear what you're saying. Case in point of saying things too fast and then you slip over your words, me there, <laughs> saying that nobody would say what you're saying.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know if anybody actually uses this, but there are some podcatchers uh, pod that let you uh, slow it down to 0.25%. So... <laughs>
2: oh yeah they would understand yeah because like uh i'm the podcast app i use is uh shit what's it called uh <laughs> fuck uh the the one that has like the red icon <laughs> uh it's got like pie in its name shit
1: <laughs> i mean they all do i'm I, sorry fair,
2: yeah uh pocket guests right <laughs> Cause, cause, ah, okay. cause, I, I'm the kind of person where like I don't have like app names display on my phone for like the uh, like the app drawer, and also cause mm-hmm. like uh, cause I'm on a like I have a Samsung Galaxy X twenty yeah S twenty one so like it can uh, have like different launchers so I use a launcher called Nova which lets me hide like a bunch of the apps that I know I'm not gonna need as much, so like my app drawer is really just like it's like twelve it's like uh, four rows of three. Where they're, like, <laughs> me being a bit of an OCD person have to be, like, oh, well, I'm going to have the top one in the first row and the top one in the third row be the same color so it matches. Like that. And that's just how I do it. Or it's, like, I, I also had those, like, by, like, category. So it's, like, oh, the top app is, like, my music podcast and audiobook apps. And then, like, you know, like, the bottom one is, like, uh, like, clock and uh, some other ones associated with that, like, calendar, it's like, lifestyle stuff. <laughs> that's how I would phrase it? <laughs> But yeah, no, I don't. I don't have the uh, the app names display because I don't need them if I just know what the icon is. So it's like I don't know what the fuck the app is actually called.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that, I, mean, I certainly can't fault you for that. Yeah,
2: I mean, I also don't have apps all over the home screen. I just have like seven in the dock because I like actually seeing the wallpaper that I have on my phone. Because having just a bunch of icon vomit just reminds me of, like, Ubisoft games and stuff like that. And <laughs> it's like, I want to be able to see the picture.
1: <laughs> well, that's why you... Well, okay. So I have uh, tons of icons. I have... Four, six, seven, 16, 20 uh, I've got, like, 50-something icons on my home screen, but... I've got a second screen that I can slide over to that only has one icon on it, and I can see the home screen there.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I never liked uh, using the multiple screens on phones either. Like even like so one thing I found out uh, back when I used to have an iPhone is that like you know how they have like uh, multiple different pages? I think with iPhones it used to max at like twelve pages of apps, and mm-hmm. if you had the twelve page full of icons, and you added another one to the point where one would get bumped technique off the page it would get hidden onto like an extra 13th screen so you could still find it by like typing in the name in like the searcher but it wouldn't display and because it's an apple product and you can't ever get rid of all that extraneous bullshit they put on them i would always have to do that every time that they had an update because it would reset everything and it's like oh time (laughs) to go ahead and move all this shit to the last screen again (laughs) making sure to have like one app on each screen this way it actually registers that you're having that you're using all the screens to get all the way over well, to the I end, mean, to get rid of that shit. Because I don't need the fucking, like, health app on an iPhone at all. Because I don't know what the fuck that thing did.
1: Well, I'm just, like, the trick with that is that you create a folder, and then you put all that useless stuff in the folder, yeah, but, and then it doesn't move moved around on your but screen. But then I'm going
2: to see the folder. Gonna... That's how my brain works. So? <laughs> I don't want like... to see the folder. I want it to be gone. <laughs> Okay, but throw that
1: folder onto your back page. You're just doing that but, for everything else anyway, then, and it's only one icon. But
2: then there's multiple pages, and I don't want multiple pages. <laughs> this is the most first-world problems I feel like I've ever been on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that's just me. Uh, I mean, I haven't used an iPhone in ages now ever since I like switched over to... Uh, I got the Pixel, like the original Pixel when they released, and then I got the Pixel 3 XL when they released like two years later, and now I'm on the the Galaxy because the Pixel uh not not a great phone gotta say, (laughs) used those for like four or five years and it's like not that great. (laughs)
1: Okay, but uh, since you brought it up, we do have to give a shout-out to uh, our good friend Pixel from the online <laughs> server, who is, if, who is a very good person. So
2: Fair, uh, okay, yes. Uh, I probably should have specified the Google Pixel, not the person Pixel. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Pixel. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Pixel actually listens, and I don't know.
1: <laughs> uh, they mentioned a long time ago that they needed to start, but I don't know if they ever did. We'll see.
2: Well, I guess we'll find out this way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we absolutely will because uh we're never going to mention this too
2: <laughs> yeah we, we can't say anything about the podcast ever <laughs> not at all <laughs> we we <laughs> definitely don't try and advertise a little bit just by like putting out a tweet about what we're, episodes we're talking about and asking for questions and then posting that same episode link days later <laughs> once it's done and up uh-huh. definitely don't <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, like, that's like I kind of feel like bare minimum amount of, like, trying to advertise something. It's obviously, like, we, we I mean, we could be going, like, full fucking overboard with, like, just filling a bunch of, like, bullshit tweets and reminding people to listen to our shit, but I feel like that'd get annoying. Yeah. Also, like, neither, I neither of us is trying to make a living off of this, so we also don't need to, necessarily.
1: Yeah, very true. This is, uh, like, podcasts don't pay the bills. Not unless you're generationally
2: wealthy yeah or or you're like the McElroy's kind of deal but even then I feel like they probably just have a patreon that really supports them more than anything
0: well
1: they're supported through maximum fund monthly donations but also like when they got into podcasting their dad was a radio host they already had years of experience and an entire built-in listener base because they had the whole town listening right from the beginning
2: Oh, okay yeah I wasn't aware of that to be fair, I'd never really listened to any of their stuff. Like, I tried listening to like the early like Adventure Zone stuff before. I was like, eh, I'm not into it.
1: Yeah, like, no shade on, but uh, it's very much child of an actor is a famous actor
2: situation. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Even if they play as like down yeah, home,
2: it's family it's, boys. It's the classic, uh, say the line Bart, where it's always like the the, list, the listicles or whatever of like how I paid for my house at the age of twenty four, and it always has the line in there being like my parents paid for it. My parents, yeah, gave, me exactly. a, my parents gave me a two hundred thousand dollar loan that they don't want me to pay back. And it's like that's that's the present. That's not you paying for your house. You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I could, I could say, oh, I paid for my boobs, my mom paid for it. <laughs> it's like, that's two different things. Very much so. <laughs> hey, why don't you
1: reach out to MIT or something? Get them to write a vanity piece about how to pay for your boobs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm happy to report that I have some positive news in the uh, Community Center Volunteering Saga. hmm because people were there today so i actually did work
2: <laughs> yay at least uh, it only took four weeks yeah, uh, but i
1: finally started on the project one, what i'm one, supposed to be doing for one them. for
2: four you're finally actually helping there rather than uh having to clean up a mess somebody else made or being just locked out because they weren't open and didn't tell you <laughs> yeah
1: or unable to do anything because
2: none of them had the login
1: information that I needed to access their electronic systems. Right?
2: Yeah, I forgot what the second one was. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the first and the last because the first was the most like, "Holy shit, what?" <laughs> and the second, and the second was literally last week. So, yeah, no. different there. Yeah. So
1: it's happening. It's going forward. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of work, but the project has started. So, Yay. <sighs> it's about dang
0: time.
2: Yep. Yeah, no, uh, at least it seems like it's actually getting better finally, after almost a month. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's...
1: I really... I enjoy my time there, make no mistake, it's a nice little mm-hmm. place and I like being there, but when I'm trying to help out, it kind of feels like they won't let me a lot of the time, so actually being able to get in and work today is a real positive step in our relationship (laughs)
2: yeah it's uh it's kind of like one of those things where it's like oh yeah you're starting a new job and like for the first few weeks like the the, uh people who are supposed to train you don't know what the fuck to do because they don't have like your equipment ready or whatever and it's like why did you have me start then if i can't do anything because there's no (laughs) fucking work for me to do because i don't have equipment that's a, that is That is almost what happened at my job, because they actually wanted me to start, like, the, <laughs> like, they started on, uh, the day after, uh, Memorial Day, they actually wanted me to start, like, the first, the, like, the week before that, but then, like, they had to call me up that, like, Thursday, whenever, beforehand, being like, hey, we need to delay you by week, because, uh, we actually don't have equipment for you, so you can't actually do anything and yeah yeah, so they were like yeah even though like most of that first week especially was still just like shadowing to see how stuff was done it's like they still wanted me to actually be able to have the potential to do something i guess
1: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i guess the way i would describe it really is that um so somebody built this system i want to say like two or three years ago right and uh there's just been no one working in this office ever since so I'm like the new person that they hired to come try and figure out how to use this archaic system that no one's touched. <laughs> if I were to compare it to an office.
2: Mm. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know.
0: I,
1: now that I'm working, I really like it because it's very much um, like when I was with the class that introduced me to this library, we designed our own classification system for the library's specific needs, right? and now I'm implementing it and getting it all put together, it's almost like I'm building their information systems, and that's really cool to me. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. It's a lot of uh, looking in the system to see if they've already put a book in there so I don't double tap it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I imagine that's probably going to take a while to uh, (laughs) get all their... Like inventory of books added onto a digital system.
1: Yeah, more or less. They already had a bunch of stuff in there from when the system was first built, but not everything. So a lot of what I'm doing is like going through book by book to make sure if it's in the system and if it's not, then adding it. It's kind of like a collection audit, so to speak.
0: Hmm. And
2: it's fine.
1: I did all of the uh, teen section and the adult fiction today. It's not a huge
2: library, so... Oh, okay. So maybe it won't take that long.
1: Yeah. I kind of thought maybe about once I'd finished this project, continuing to go there and just like volunteering my time in the library as like a, a temp librarian. But given my experience at this place, I don't think they super need me to do
2: that.
0: They're... <laughs> yeah, They're
1: I had one person come in today to turn in a book and that's it.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like uh it's like the days that uh well I guess both my current job but also more in particular my last job when it's like the few days when we would only go like we would get like maybe like three packages in at my old job and it's like okay, I guess it's just UPS today and nobody else. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so those are always, like, the, the, not only just, like, the slowest days, because, like, I mean, especially during the pandemic, I was mostly just there in case something happened, or I mean, somebody came by to pick up one of the many packages that sat in there for two years plus at the point that I yeah. left. Uh, but it was also, like, well, I guess I'm just gonna keep looking out the window every so often to see if the fucking FedEx ground truck showed up, because, like, they used to actually have a schedule of when they would show up for the deliveries before COVID. And then once COVID hit, they were like, "Eh, I guess we'll show up sometime between like 10.30 to 2. And it's like thanks cool <laughs> so you're telling Ooh, me especially during like uh, during the pandemic days until like we hired that like useless lump of a coworker worker that deal with the last couple of months i was there by myself during the two weeks at the time i was in the office so it's like <laughs> i need to always make sure that these idiots know that they need to fucking hit the buzzer to call security to call me on the radio and for some reason sometimes they would not hit the buzzer or if they did hit the buzzer the security team would call the fucking phone line in the mail room and it's like, my guys, if I was actually there, I would see them or hear them knock on the door, because it's right there next to the loading bay. You have to call me on the radio, because if I'm not answering the door for the first point, that means I'm not there. So call me on the radio, please. <laughs> but yeah, that didn't change in those two years I was there and I don't know what's going on there now, because I haven't been there since early February. <laughs> uh, I don't know.
1: They're probably underwater.
2: <laughs> uh, considering that, like, that place was already, like, kind of looking for some sort of excuse to get rid of us in the mailroom anyway, because, like, turns out when you have uh, a useless coworker who keeps making mistakes, uh turns out uh, MetLife as a whole stops really wondering why we are paying a different company to have people there running their own mailroom for them. <laughs> yeah. I I I kind of still feel bad at times for my like supervisor there being like, "Yep, I'm out of here. Good luck with this idiot," because <laughs> like, <laughs> God, neither, like that guy was just useless. <laughs> like, it it was easier to do the job when he wasn't there because like it was always having to like hold his hand for every little fucking step. And it's like I've shown you this like three times at the least this week alone of how to delete. Like, a, like, void a label, and it's like, how do you not remember this? <laughs> you, you are older than me, but you are younger than the supervisor. What's going on? <laughs> I, I, I really don't know if it was just him being, like, malicious and being like, well, I deserve to be in charge and not the supervisor, so I'm not going to do shit and hope that she gets in trouble for this. Or if it was just yeah. him being like, well, I know Chloe's going to handle it, so why the fuck would I? I was like, uh, well... And then, like having to hear from the Supervisor being like, "Oh, let him fuck up," and I'm like, "But the, but he's already fucked up enough, and if he keeps fucking up, they're gonna, it's gonna look bad on all of us." <laughs> and then, like, I mean, that was like when, back when I still didn't know where I was moving, and it's like, I don't know if I am gonna be moving or not. And also, I'm not telling you that at the moment because I'm not just setting stone still the thing thing. <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to be out of my apartment in the, like middle of February again. I don't know where I'm going yet.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's fun. Yep. i got to figure out my living situation because my lease expires in December, and they want to renew me for a whole year, which I can't do because I graduate in April, and then I have to leave the country, and I'm not paying rent on something for eight months if I can't live there.
2: Yeah, fair. (laughs) Does your your place not offer month-to-month?
1: Uh, I haven't been able to get in contact with them to set it up at all. Like, mm. they, they have contact numbers, but they just keep I- either ignoring my voicemails or not getting them. <laughs>
2: mm. Yeah, that's a bummer. It's kind of like what I'm going through at the moment with Planned Parenthood, because, like, I don't think I've brought this up, how, like, my current doctor that I, like... My, the doctor that I originally had back when I started at this Planned Parenthood, when I moved here, like, I guess she moved on to a different location, so they, they basically shifted me to another doctor who's the one that I had my six-month follow-up with two days before I got the boobs put in, and she, like, authorized all the normal, like, prescriptions and all, just like normal. She did kind of bring up, like, eh, you kind of don't need the progesterone because you'll have boobs, but I'll, I'll sign off on it anyway. And then, like, weeks later, she's, like, calling me up being, like, well, why are you taking the progesterone? You." Just... You have boobs now, and it's like, you you signed off on this, and I have to put this out of the pocket. Now you're telling me to throw $100 worth of pills down the drain, lady? And it's like, it's, so it's like, between that and also the fact that, like, she had told me that, oh, early September, schedule blood work. And it's like, she didn't specify what blood work, so I'm like, okay, I guess she means general blood work. And then it's like, during that same call, she's like, no, you're supposed to get the hormone level check. And it's like, we did that like three months ago with the other doctor, and it was fine then. The only difference is that I had to stop my hormones for, like, a month, like, leading, well, like, the weeks leading up to and after the surgery, but it's like, it shouldn't have dropped off that much, because I'm still taking the Sparrow. And also, you didn't specify, so I was like, no, I thought you meant general, because you didn't say, check the blood, the hormone levels. <laughs> so it's like, that was the day that, like, my car was out, the so I had to walk in the rain, like, 40 minutes to and from the Planned Parenthood to do that, and it's like, now you're telling me that was useless? So, like, I, well, I sat on that for the last couple of weeks being like, actually, no, this doctor sucks. I want to go and find a different place, because this Planned Parenthood also never gets a hold of me. And I told them this, like, over, like, their messaging system being like, hey, I'm going to this other doctor. She needs references and stuff of my medical records. Please fax them over. Never got back to me yet in, like, almost... Well, yeah. In almost, like, four days. And it's like, what are you doing? Did you send them?
1: <laughs> like, well, I mean, like... I'm gonna be honest. Uh, that doesn't. When I moved to Canada, uh, my doctor told me not to bring medical records because uh, up here the doctors just handle it intra doctor. You don't have to provide your own. Yeah. And uh, so I gave them my previous doctor's <laughs> information, and apparently it never managed to make it to Canada. Hmm. So
2: <laughs> I-, I wonder if the difference is that the new doctor I'm looking at is actually an endocrinologist. Like he actually specializes in like trans self care found her oh, nice. i found her via the uh the pretty popular uh like informed consent like providers map on reddit from uh mm-hmm. in the in the morn like her whole uh, account so it's like yeah, yeah like of that if they're looking at trans stuff but like uh i found this doctor there and like she called me up like the next day after i put the request for i don't really need an appointment till like november because that's how much i i still have like pulling spiro and podgestro until then so it's like, and also I still have a full file of the astrological Valorate, so it's like, I'm good still. So it's like, well, I might as well like, do I to get this in the books now? Before then, because I don't know how busy she is, even though she said she's accepting new patients. But then she called me up like the next day being like, yay, yeah, just need the medical records faxed to me. But like, <laughs> if they don't get a hold of me soon, I might—I guess I'm going to be going into Planned Parenthood being like, just print out the files for me, please. I'll just bring them there, like before work, because at least she's open at like 8 in the morning, and I don't go in the work till 9.30, so I'm like, I guess I'll fucking drive okay. by there and just be like, here's the files. Because <laughs> they're dragging their feet. Because it's like... The thing is, it's like... My old Planned Parenthood back in North Carolina would never really get a hold of me when it came to, like, calling back until, like, a week <laughs> or so later. This one, it's like... They aren't gonna call me directly. It seems like, or message back to me, even though they have a messaging system. But the doctor herself will call me up weeks after a like remote healthcare appointment to refill prescriptions, demanding why I'm doing stuff. And it's like, you you authorize this? (laughs) It's like if you're not filling me with much confidence, lady. If you're telling me like one day to go ahead and "Mm, that's all fine and dandy, and then two weeks later being like, what the fuck are you doing? And it's like, you you're the doctor. It literally has your name here on the paperwork that I saved saying that you authorized it. <laughs> so, <laughs> screw you, I'm going to keep putting that progesterone up my butt till another doctor no, the, and the endocrinologist maybe tells me no, or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I I know other people that have had VAs done that still take progesterone and still have boob growth, and it's like their doctors are cool with it, so I don't know why this lady is having uh, a bit of an issue. Yeah, to the best of my knowledge, it
1: shouldn't be contradicted or anything. No, because, so. like,
2: I mean, progesterone is really just to help them mature. It's not as much to help them grow. I mean, by by the logic that this lady is going on of like you shouldn't be taking the progesterone because you have boobs now. It's like, well, technically, shouldn't I be also not on the estradiol at all by your logic if I already <laughs> have boobs? It's like you're not stopping me from that taking that. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I said, this like the more I sound it, the more it's like this just feels wrong. I'm just. It's also that Planned Parenthood doesn't. It's not situated in a good area of Hartford. It's kind of a shitty, rundown area. So it's like, I, I don't... I don't want to be around there anyway. <laughs> it's like...
1: No, it's, this is obviously different, but... One of the things that really struck me about... Healthcare when I moved to Canada... Up here, I was with a trans specialist at first, but she got moved to a different clinic. So now I'm just on a general practitioner, and that trans specialist who I was with first... I told her that in Texas they had me draw blood every three months to make sure my hormone levels were stable, and she was horrified by that. Had... She could not believe that they took that much blood out of me. She said once a year at most.
2: Yeah, like when, when I was uh, when I first started my hormones at the Planned Parenthood in Raleigh, North Carolina, Like, I think it was maybe like six or eight months after I started when we did the first blood work, I want to say. Oh, gee. Well,
1: that's way too long.
2: Hmm. Uh, <laughs> well i mean to be like when you
1: first start you gotta check up on it because otherwise you don't know if you're getting they, the right they,
2: dosage they, they might have i'm honestly not sure but like at the same no 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 i don't think we did because my first appointment with them was telehealth to get started on hormones period so like i don't know i'm also trying to be fair i'm also trying to think back to two years ago almost at this point when it's like <laughs> yeah it turns out the last two years has been fucking crazy really the last two and a half overall but it's like I don't know it's been fucking insane for everybody so I'm like trying to think of the specifics the only thing I remember specifically about that day was me sitting there on like the whole line for the doctor to show up while going through my mind of like oh fuck am I making a huge mistake am I making a huge mistake can I really do this (laughs) good thing good thing I shut down that part of my uh, psyche that time compared to like all the other times I originally had an appointment on the books and then canceled it (laughs) I must- I must have done that at least three or four times before I finally actually settled with it to get it going in late November that year. It <laughs> turns out this shit is scary at times, especially when you're just first starting. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, it surely is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's worth it in the long run, though. <laughs> starting is the scariest part. <laughs> Although I guess also one of the the scariest parts for a lot of people is trying to tell their friends and family, because you never really fucking know how people are going to take it.
1: Hey, guess what? I just did some Googling. Uh, You had your first uh, check-in at three months, and it was telehealth, so they did not do blood work. Did you like go through the Discord
2: or something? Yep. <laughs> what did I mention? Okay, I guess I mentioned that. I would have I would have mentioned that in like February of 2021, I guess,
1: right? Uh, yep, February 25th,
2: 2021. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait to expose me on the podcast? I
1: don't know. We can delete that if you want. No,
2: it's fine. It doesn't matter. I don't live in North Carolina anymore. I mean, I was fine saying I went to the Raleigh, North Carolina plant-parent at all, but it's like, I don't live there anymore or anywhere close to there anymore. But it's like, it's just amusing that you were like, what terminology did you search to find that? Uh, I
1: just searched for posts from you that included the word telehealth.
2: I guess I would narrow it down. Yeah. (laughs) Huh. Well then, there you go. Thanks, Discord? <laughs> but also still fuck See, this you this for... is
1: why you can't say
2: anything around a library. Yeah. We have good search skills. But also still fuck you, Discord, for uh, still trying to get in NFTs. uh NFTs. I'm sure that they're still trying to figure out a way to do that shit, even though they stopped. Almost uh, certainly. Definitely, I would say, yeah. I mean, it's, all... it's an inevitability. I mean, we saw Keanu Reeves go back on making fun of crypto, and now he's yelling for crypto, so... <laughs> Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I remember that like uh there was early on there's like the stupid NFT shit going around when like somebody was doing an interview of because it was around the same time that the Matrix movie was released last year. <laughs> and he just laughed at the concept and now here he is, showing that shit, of course. <laughs> Alas. Yeah, uh, yep. I <sighs> I feel like there's like really not a single person that has so much money and fame and wealth that is actually like stopped from having the blurring worms. Like I don't, I don't want to fully say Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, we're talking about him at different like part of the Discord because it's like he at least seems like he's having fun with stuff he does, and he at the least also is like the most vocal against this, the bad wizard boy author lady. But like yeah. at, at the same time, it's like he he's. I feel like he just doesn't have. He doesn't really need to do as much. I feel he has more. He has plenty to settle himself for multiple lifetimes from playing that role. But he at least seems like he's having fun with doing stuff like playing Weird Al in a, like, movie about Weird Al. (laughs) An extremely fictionalized movie, yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, like, uh, I can't help but also remember when he did the little pincers in the sixth movie, and it's like, yeah, but that's that's him just being a goofy teenager at the time, like, getting to actually be a goofy teenager for once in those movies.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't... I
1: don't know how it happened, but somehow, despite all the money and fame, Daniel Radcliffe wound up being one of the most down-to-earth people out there, and I love that for him.
2: Yeah, it's like, hey, at least, at least there's maybe like a few examples of it. I, I, we, now that we said this, the universe is gonna like throw some terrible news about him in the next couple of weeks. I feel. <laughs>
1: wow, you hold the phone. I didn't say he was good. I said he was down to earth. That's it, different. F-
2: fair, yeah. <laughs> I mean, He's not full of ego about himself. Hey, with, with how much stuff has still been happening around that series while the Shrieking Shack was covering those books just by fucking coincidence, or through them manifesting <laughs> that bullshit, I guess, in a way, it's like you never fucking know. <laughs> and also, I mean, like, anything fucking happens these days where a bunch of people always show their entire ass for no fucking reason just because they need to feel like they're prevalent and part of the 24-hour news cycle
1: some reason well, it's important for some people aren't talking you about talking about you on twitter you haven't won twitter
2: yeah well for some reason some people feel like they need to go, like strive to be the twitter person of the day <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, most of us sensible of people sensible people are like what? no that sounds like off that sounds like an awful thing <laughs> i would be fucking mortified if I, if I was the twitter person of the day even if it was just people being like hey listen to this fucking podcast about some queer people watching queer shows <laughs> Be like, no, please don't view me. <laughs> that would destroy me.
1: My editing is nowhere near good enough for us to go viral. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, nah. <laughs> I mean, even just like earlier in a different thread, I was like, why has it been like almost 500 people watching that old, like, seven year old uh, YouTube video I took of my old ferret Ollie trying to climb up onto. The computer and falling over off of, like, because he was trying to bounce on some books or whatever and fell to the point where he hit the uh, mouse cable and dragged the mouse down with him. (laughs) And it's like, he was fine. He he fell like two, it was like maybe half a foot. It was not bad. (laughs) It was just like, I mean, also, ferrets bounce back from a lot of stuff. They're fine. But it was just like, why is it that like 500 people have watched this ferret fall over? (laughs) I mean, I get people like ferrets, but like still.
1: Yeah, fair. <laughs> it. Uh,
2: fair it. Fair it. <laughs> I, uh,
1: I did do a couple of other things this week related to pop culture. So, infamous Second Son. Good. I like it. I haven't finished it. It's good. Yeah, it's much better than the first two Infami.
2: <laughs> but I guess it would be infamous, not infamouses, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think that's how you. Well,
1: I... it's a title, so maybe that's.
2: It might be infamous. <laughs> it might be infamous. Then, if it's a, because of the title, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna stick with Infamia. I like it better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's cool. Um, the only thing that I would say is that there's a couple of uh, other characters with powers that, that you get to copy their powers or whatever, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And. If you just play through the storyline, you're best buddies more or less instantly. Like, you have to fight both of them the first time they show up, and then you have a conversation with your brother, who's a cop, and follows you around everywhere. Fun. And uh, after that conversation, you get to choose a good option or an evil option, and if you pick the good option, you're just immediately friends with this person that you were just beating down (laughs) a second ago.
2: Oh, you know, it's, it's a defeat means friendship trope. Yeah, yeah, you ga- yeah. You gotta fight to become besties.
1: Like, um, one of the... I'm just gonna go ahead and put it out there. Uh, there's a girl. Uh, her name is Fetch. She has neon powers oh, and yeah, hair. Yeah,
2: she's uh, the main character of the DLC in yeah. that game, yeah.
1: And she's very cool. Um, Her whole thing is uh, murdering drug dealers. And uh, if you become friends with her, then <laughs> within about... I don't know, 10-15 minutes, she suddenly stops murdering drug dealers for no real reason because of the good influence you've had on her.
2: (laughs) So, you know.
1: Yeah. Instead, she just ties them up and leaves them for the cops. That's so much better. Uh...
2: I remember that they gave the, because I think actually, I don't think it was DLC, I think the fetch story was actually a separate thing. It was like yeah, a little down Yeah, sure is. First light. Yeah, because I remember they gave that away on PS Plus one point, and I, I meant to play it at one point, but I never did before I gave it my PS4. I think I remember hearing people say it was good.
1: Yeah, it's very good. Well, I mean, I haven't played that one yet, but Second Sun is very good. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, after hearing what you said about 1 and 2, I feel like there was only the chance to go up, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I liked 2. It just had a lot of problems. Like you, it you, was a- one of those. you
2: actually have, like, a character as opposed to generic video game man as the protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, just the fact that it's, like, a person of color, it's like, oh, okay, you're already doing a lot better considering that you're not just playing fucking white-ass boy Cole. <laughs> Yeah, who got to be in PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale twice. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I think the thing that is the most damning about Cole as a character is that in the, the DLC for Infamous 2, where he turns into a vampire, he just has no opinion on that whatsoever.
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like getting turned into a vampire when you didn't know vampires exist might elicit something of a response.
1: <laughs> yeah, you would think, but now he's just totally on board, I guess. He wants to kill the vampire who did this to him, but other than that,
2: he doesn't really care. I mean, that doesn't undo being vampirized, at least going by... Uh... It does in this game. Oh, well, not going by uh, VTM 5th edition rules, no.
0: Nope. <laughs>
1: uh, if you can kill the vampire who vampirized you within the first night of being turned, then you go back to being normal.
2: Yeah, okay. At least there's still, like, a time limit.
1: Yes. But yeah, so, I don't know. I just feel like most people with actual characters would have had something to say beyond, oh cool, I have vampire powers now.
2: (laughs) Is the vampire guy, like, is that a superpower? Is that just his power? Or is it just that they were like, is it like a Red Dead Redemption 2 thing where they, or a Red Dead Redemption 1 thing where they just decided to release zombie DLC for no reason? (laughs)
1: Uh no, she's just straight up a vampire.
2: Okay. (laughs) So it's not so, like, so it is straight up an undead nightmare sort of situation where it's just like, eh, what if we had that game but also undead monsters? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> where when you're done with that you get to just run around as like undead zombie uh John, John Marson. <laughs> <laughs> It's framed as
1: a story that your buddy Zeke is telling to a girl in a bar, so it's entirely possible that that's just not a thing that happened in Infamous.
2: It's another uh, another tell-me-another-story-about-the-shepherd thing from Matthew. Yeah, yeah, that's... (laughs) Uh. yeah. Yeah. God. Second son is better. I just remember. I just reminded myself that that fucking scene of like the two people in the snow is actually just straight up stolen artwork that they just put in the game. Much <laughs> <But to> like <laughs> the uh, the picture of what Tally's face looks like, just being an edit of a lady, <laughs> like an actual picture of a lady, and it's like, what, what was coming up of Fastback Three?
1: Well, they had access to a Shutterstock library, so
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess they busted. <laughs> <sighs>
1: Yeah, I may or may not have accidentally completed 100% of the map in Infamous Seconds, so let that tell you how much
2: I like it. From from what I've found out about you just doing this podcast for almost the last year, this doesn't really surprise me, considering you said you did all the Rithered Trophies and all the Arkham games.
1: (laughs) Well, that's true, but I didn't do that for the first two Infamous games.
2: Oh, okay. I, I think I must have missed it or it just didn't come up. Yeah,
1: I mean, I did a little bit because by doing collectibles is how you enhance your powers, but once I got the powers I wanted, I just didn't bother. It wasn't interesting enough to keep it up. Yeah. I don't know. I I can get into collectibles, but only if there's, like, an aspect to them that intrigues me in some way
2: yeah, i guess riddler
1: I... trophies are good because there's puzzles you know what i yeah. mean yeah
2: i guess i shouldn't also throw shade because i'm also one of the kinds of people that is like oh well this new area xenoblade has the map obscured i need to walk all over it to get every bit of the map it doesn't do anything <laughs> to show the entire map and like i eventually i had to give up because in chapter five like weirdly enough i get spoilers for xenoblade chapter five you get a boat and you have like a big like it's like, it's like a big like sea area and like straight up like basically based on like the, like, sea area from, like, about... roughly about halfway through the first game, with a slightly different name and everything, but just also made much bigger, because they can actually make a game run bigger and be better on the Switch compared to the Wii. And <laughs> it's like, I had to stop at that point with trying to get the all the map because the boat handles, like, ass, and it's like... Oh, if, if you're the kind of person that can't proceed unless you do this, you're going to fucking hate Chapter 5 of trying to get every little part of that map with the fucking weird-ass controls for the boat. <laughs> the, boat so the boat has, like, normal, like, you know, video game racing sort of controls in terms of, like, Go, because Go is on the, you know, Z, uh, ZR. I have to remember what the fucking trigger on the Switch controller is. But Reverse <laughs> is on B. It's not on the opposite, <laughs> Which, I get that is, like, basically Mario Kart controls there, but it's, like, I don't know, it's, I guess, it's because, like, you know, you need the trigger and stuff for, like, and uh, the bumper for, like, drifting and using items. You're not using it for much of anything besides, like, a few shortcuts for, like, different menus and stuff in that (laughs) game. And it's, like, the boat just handles, like, bad. (laughs) Bad boat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean hey, cool that you're trying something different monoliths off, but also, uh, if you make a Snowblade 4 or whatever you do next, please don't do a boat. <laughs> you you ain't Wind Waker. To <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, to be fair, yeah. Wind Waker is only that big that it needed to be because they definitely cannot fit everything in smaller living zones. <laughs> they needed plenty Gee. of distance between and just hit it with sailing.
0: <laughs> well
1: I think the important thing to remember is that uh, Ubisoft's pirate game Black Flag has terrible graphics and frame rate because they couldn't make it uh, always have the ocean loaded and also look good. So
2: <laughs> There were also all the times that I saw uh, people show uh, competitions of the boat glitching out and just flying through the sky at times in that game. But also, that's Ubisoft games in a nutshell, I feel. <laughs> hey, at least, at least <laughs> they delayed the definitely not uh, Black Flag uh, 2 game that's uh, live service. Oh, I'm Again? sorry.
1: Yes, that's the one I'm talking about. Oh, um, <laughs> skull and bones. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that game's been oh. fucking hanging around for ages, and the uh, the word about that just so much is that they're basically just being forced to release it because they made it. They basically did like a 38 Studios thing with a deal with Rhode Island, but with like I think South Korea. So it's like they're just Hong con- Kong? yeah, Hong Kong. Yeah, they're just like contractually obligated to put this game out, even though it's like the word from all the people working on it. it's like this game is bad. It's had so little like actual like direction. People in the upper management just kept being dropped, like dropping out the project or quitting, and then having. To other people mm-hmm. come in and say this is show, do it all over again and it's like yeah i mean that game was originally like announced in like 2016 or something so it's like it doesn't yeah. doesn't surprise me <laughs> well what i will say
1: in their favor is that uh, they announced it as a live service game and everyone hated it and so they scrapped it and started it over as not a live service game so they got that right at least
2: <laughs> oh they're not doing live service anymore with it. supposedly no but oh. who knows <laughs> Well, I mean, it's still probably going to be bad because it's like everything coming out about it has just sounded bad. (laughs) Oh, God. uh, The the Wikipedia article still listed as coming to Stadia. (laughs) Well, that ain't (laughs) happening. The the weird fucking uh, cross-culture of people in Splatoon where I saw a person's message be R.I.P. Coolio and Google Stadia. <laughs> Cause, I mean, one of those you can feel bad about, the other you can just laugh at because everybody expected the Stadia to die anyway. <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, Stadia, just bad idea all around. <laughs> <laughs> My one friend that works for Google even just brought it up when it got announced. He's just like, nobody here thinks this is a good idea. It's just being, sh- we're just being forced to have this thing be a thing. He wasn't on the team doing it, but it's like, he was still just like, yeah, no, nobody here knows why they're doing this. <laughs> and also it being Google, everybody's like, well, start the countdown before it dies. just like all the other things that Google announces and then gives up on years later. <laughs> Yay. Oh, fuck, the game development for Skull & Bones started in 2013. <laughs> yeah, because it was a... Oh, yeah, because it was really exp- like envisioned as an expansion for Black Flag, right?
0: Yeah,
1: well, the, um... When Black Flag came out, there was, like, a, a customer satisfaction survey, right? Mm-hmm. And the results of that survey uh, indicated that the fans wanted a pirate game that wasn't Assassin's Creed. Like, it hugely positive after Black Flag. I mean, I mean Flag.
2: that is kind of just what Black Flag was, and then it just was, like, remodeled to just be Assassin's Creed, right? Because it's, like, it's so different than the other games, and, like, to the point where like, I mean, it's just a pirate game. Yeah, yes. like, I mean, like, the main guy kills an assassin, and just, like, eh, this seems like a cool weapon, takes the arm blades, uses them himself, and he's like, eh, fuck all this shit, I'm just gonna be a pirate. <laughs> Well, I mean, spoilers for for
1: Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, (laughs) but...
2: (laughs) Spoilers for a game that's almost a decade old at this point, if not a decade old. (laughs) Uh, the, the, The premise of that
1: game, yeah, he does just get stuck on a deserted island with an assassin, and then rather than do anything, he immediately goes to murder that guy. Like desert island murder two seconds flat
2: he's a pirate and the assassins are assholes (laughs) to to be fair everybody in the world of assassin's creed is an asshole (laughs) Ah, situational some are more assholes than others like the fact that hitler was a was hitler i forget if hitler was an assassin or a templar in their story templar all right, I, there, I, I remember there was definitely the assassins are the
1: good guys. Remember, right?
2: But I distinctly remember there being like a log that mentioned that there was like someone who was an assassin who was also just a universally reviled asshole in history. Um, that probably happened more than once. Uh, it um, wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Ubisoft um, would definitely try to act like they're not political while still eating the political cake.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to remember the assassins are the anti-authoritarian ones. Yeah. so... Um, yeah, so Kenway murks this guy and steals his stuff for no real reason, and uh, this guy has a note in his pocket that leads Kenway to a Templar mansion, so he shows up because he thinks there's going to be treasure there because this guy had it, and uh, that gets him in contact with the assassins, and while he does go to be a pirate for like five-ish years uh the overarching plot of the game is him eventually realizing that he has to stand for more and becoming a proper assassin
2: dude just be a pirate be a cool pirate guy (laughs) (laughs) i mean
1: i get it yes but also like uh the assassins are the only ones in this game who are uh, jumping on slave ships and freeing the slaves. So
2: yeah, okay. There's that. The I pirates guess.
1: sure ain't doing that.
2: True. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm just, i just.
1: I'm just like obviously that didn't happen historically, but I'm just saying when yeah. you're presented <laughs> with these two factions, one of them's the good guy, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, this is also just reminding me of like when they actually announced Skull and Bones when like I was watching the uh the giant bomb like stream of that like E3 whatever and like Dan Record was like wait pirates did this stuff and it's like Dan what did you think pirates were? <laughs> pirates would murder <laughs> people and take shit. He's like yeah I wasn't sure. Like Dan, you are at your most Dan at this moment. Please stop. Yeah, Dan Record, everybody.
1: Yeah, so that's, um, yeah. I don't, that's me. I didn't play Assassin's Creed this week, but we talked about it a lot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, they also announced, like, eight more Assassin's Creed things in the last week as well, so I feel like it's at least partly yeah. topical, because, God, they're uh, they're never going to stop Assassin's Creed, and I feel like they're also never going to actually, like, do anything to wrap up the story of Assassin's Creed, as much as Assassin's Creed has, like, an actual modern-day story. <laughs>
1: Well, that's what Assassin's Creed Infinite is for. That's where the modern-day story lives now. It's uh... not in the main games.
2: <laughs> if
1: you want the modern-day story, you have to I'm, install I'm, this other app.
2: I'm just over here, vomiting profusely forever. <laughs> it's it's reminding me of, like, all the fucking bullshit from, like, Destiny 1 of, like, oh, if you want the actual story of Destiny, uh, you gotta read, like, stuff about, like, you know, the lore in this companion app. It's like, you, why, why didn't you put it in the game? <laughs> Well, like I get I, that, I, I can think... see where
1: Ubisoft is coming from with this because people have been complaining about the modern day sections as long I as mean, yes. Assassin's Creed has been a thing. That's
2: true. Like I mean, to be fair, the like modern day setting of Assassin's Creed has always just been like the thinnest of excuses for them to be like, let's go to this historical time period by looking at your mind memories of your ancestors. Because apparently you just have a lineage of millions of, like, hundreds or thousands of people that went around just doing a lot of murder for the greater good. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll also bleed that stuff over to you, so this way you can do that stuff, because we don't want to actually show any training montage in the main story. (laughs) Yes.
1: Honestly, I think a modern-day Assassin's Creed game could be really cool if they dedicated the time to it, but since it's just, like, five-minute chunks here and there that take you out of the main story it's frustrating
2: you know yeah I feel like it's also like I get, that probably gets into like uh messier territory if they're gonna be like right you gotta turn to be an assassin in the modern day so you can actually off like political people in the modern times and it's like definitely not political that's ubisoft <laughs> we're definitely gonna well, it doesn't <laughs> you definitely have to go after this person that's definitely not' true not at all <laughs>
1: I'm just saying, like, within the Assassin's Creed lore, the number one most Templar-controlled business on the planet is Ubisoft.
2: Yeah, so. yeah I do remember that, yes. <laughs> I mean, and like, also, I mean, eventually the story becomes that Ubisoft is like making video game versions of the Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> to, yes, that that's part funsies. of the uh, Black Flag, actually. Uh, yeah. You're uh, a <laughs>
1: QA tester for their new pirate right? game.
2: yes, I do remember that too, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what the, f- what the fuck is that series? <laughs> <laughs> I played all of like, t- well, I guess like three of those games, because I played like all the AC2 ones, and like I tr- mm-hmm. I rented AC3 back when Blockbuster was still a thing in the prehistoric times, and like played it for six hours, and I was like, this is bad, and stopped, and then I never <laughs> I bothered to play in Assassin's Creed again, because uh, yeah, nah. turns out that was the right call, I think. <laughs> I mean, you gotta do you.
1: I started with four because it was a pirate game and I loved it, so I played.
2: Uh, four, I feel rogue. Yeah, I feel I feel like four is like one of the most like like universally agreed upon the ones that are good. Like it's like that origins and like Brotherhood. They're like the ones people actually say are like the best ones to play probably. Origins, interesting.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I, so. I think I think it's because people just like the setting and like they also like Bayek as a character. That's why people said that Origins was good. And also like by that point, like they kind of were just spinning their wheels with a lot of like Assassin's Creed. and I feel like Origin mm-hmm. people said is like the one that like kind of like really differentiated it. To be fair, that's also when they started doing, like, let's put loot in Assassin's Creed, and also we'll, uh, we'll, we'll let you have microtransactions to buy loot if you want. <laughs> Cause, yeah, don't,
1: uh, I really liked Odyssey and Valhalla. Don't get me wrong, but they're super not Assassin's
2: Creed games. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, at a certain point, they stopped being Assassin's Creed, yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like is, like, a little counterintuitive, because it's like I get that you can't just kind of do the same thing of, like, follow these people in a crowd of, like... People like various like different courtesans throughout the ages, so you can stab him in the neck with your hidden sword in your arm, kind of deal. But it's like I don't know. You could I don't you could do like future Assassin's Creed where you have fucking cyberpunk arms that shoot blades out of your hands or something. I don't know. <laughs> just make it different. Yeah, it's I'm like, just saying. Hitman
1: is a series. It's not
2: true. true. Yes, Hitman is a series. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever play Brotherhood to play that multiplayer? i did not uh the multiplayer was the best part of that and then they yeah. uh stopped doing multiplayer at all until they did like co-op for the the bad glitchy one with the iconic pocket watch man
1: <laughs>
2: mm, yes of course, that assassin's
1: was... creed france
2: yeah well... <laughs> is that unity i feel like that was unity yeah it sure is yeah because yeah, it was like that was the point of like having co-op stuff and it's like Nobody remembers the name of that guy. Everybody remembers the fucking pocket watch, just like the the iconic cap for Watch Underdogs, or Watch Underdogs, Watch Underscore Dogs, man.
1: Yes, yes,
2: yes. I actually do remember that guy's name. I'm just choosing not to say it. I'm the I'm the I'm the one person on the planet that remembers the, that that guy's name is Aiden Pierce, and now you and the listeners know as well. I will never remember that, so Fair. no worries there. Fair. I think they put that guy's hat in the, the various, like, uh, Division games. It's definitely <laughs> the, the most not-political, you having to take back the White House from, te- like, domestic terrorists. Definitely not-political. Mm, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, well, um... As much as I am enjoying our chat, we are 50 minutes now. we are talking about <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Would you like to talk about Shira?
2: <laughs> we, we will eventually get to having the preamble be an hour long <laughs> before we actually cover it up. Yeah, those. sooner yeah. or later,
1: we're just going to stop talking about cartoons.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, hey, we've been talking about a certain, uh, different thing to cover, we <laughs> just yeah, talking true. yesterday about which is definitely not a TV show, but, uh, we don't know about that just yet, because there's, that would be a lot, that would be yeah, at least, that, that would be at least a year of our lives, <laughs> that was a lot, to about the one thing.
1: It, it might only be six months, we'd have to yeah. test it.
2: Uh, I feel like it be, I feel like it'd be safer to say at least a year, probably. <laughs> With both of us being adults and uh, not being able to rush through it as quickly, I feel like it would be easier to say that that would be at least a year if we did that. <laughs> We're still trying to figure it out, though.
1: It would be a very different format, I'll grant you that. It, it definitely like, would, yeah. I, I honestly, I don't, know I honestly
2: that... don't know how we would, like, make synopses of that. <laughs> it's, it's Again, it's a okay. much different format than a 22-minute long show.
1: <laughs> yes, um... I am going to ask that we move the discussion away from that right now, though, because I think we're just kind of uh,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> we're queer baiting our listeners is what we're doing. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Alrighty, so um, <clears throat> Shira, my episode today is season four, episode five, Protocol, which is called that for some reason. It's not a word that they use in this episode. <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, I noticed that too. I, I guess it's just because of, like, uh, Adora dealing with, like, Light Hope stuff. Yeah, probably, but But, but even then, that's ki- weird. That's kind of the B-plot. <laughs> it's like, it's weird to name it <laughs> after the B-plot, essentially. Yeah, um, so today
1: we open in the Whispering Woods with uh, Lonnie driving a Horde tank at just full speed and throwing Kyle all over the place because there are no seatbelts in Horde vehicles.
2: Yep, we have um, a done this multiple times. Yeah, they don't believe in safety.
1: And he also doesn't have a chair, so he's just really out of
2: luck. <laughs> yeah, well, if Kyle dies, we've still got, like, 80 more Kyles in the cloning vets. There's plenty more Kyles. I
1: don't know if we do. Like, <laughs> that's the lore we've established, but given the way people act on this show up today, I'm not super sure that that's...
2: We've already, this might we've... be the
1: last Kyle clone. I don't
2: know. Kyle seems like he would definitely die at least, like, three times in this episode alone, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is this Universe team man. It just doesn't know. It's I guess maybe he just has super regenerative powers or something, so he just keeps coming back.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, from there, we cut to the freight Zone, where Shira is battling a bunch of Horde robots, and she's just winning really easily, to the point where she's just bored. But uh, actually, it is just a simulation. Light Hope is frustrated that Adora is not taking her training seriously, but Adora doesn't think she needs any more training because... This obviously isn't helping her. She's got her eyes closed and she's still winning this fight. Um, she she did a lot of power leveling between sessions, I guess. Um, more to the point, though, Glimmer thinks that the Horde might be tracking the sort of Protection, or worse, she herself, because they seem to know everything that the Rebellion are doing, and it's it's really weird. She's afraid that She-Ra might be compromised, and so she asks Lighthope a bunch of questions, but... In the process, she happens to mention Mara's recording, which is a mistake, because that always sets Light Hope off. Because you know the deal. Mara was compromised. She was unhinged. She was dangerous. It doesn't matter what she said. She can't be trusted. The same deal. Every time.
2: Yeah, that's still a complicated bag of worms. As we'll also see more in this episode later on. <laughs> I, I also just like that like at no point have they ever considered that there might just be a traitor in the rebellion if that's how they know what a door is up to. No, clearly they must have figured out some way to track a magic sword <laughs> <laughs> or a person that has like you would think if they could have done that they would actually have like found a way to capture adora back or something (laughs) like well Well, before well well before it got to this point but
1: like i do have to point out the rebellion still thinks entrapta is working for the horde they don't know she got sent to be silent yeah if anyone could figure out how to track adora it's her for sure
2: (laughs) yeah i guess But it's just funny that they never consider the possibility that, oh, maybe somebody here is just an asshole and is, like, spying for the Horde. No, clearly they have to be able to track me of a human person, or I guess first one's person, or a sword made of magic. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely can't be the easier explanation of, there's just a traitor.
1: (laughs) I will say, back in... The very first episode, Bo said that the sword put off the most powerful signal he'd ever seen from a piece of first that, one's tech. So that is true. If yeah. they have tech detectors, they could just be pointing them at the woods.
2: Well, that's fair. But also, it's uh, like you still could at least bring up the idea that there might, like, there there could have been like a conversation where it's like you know, with Glimmer going dark Glimmer, she could be like, there's clearly gotta be a traitor, and then, like, have Ador and Bo be like, no, everybody's here, it's trustworthy, we would never, we would never, like, suspect our friends, and then, of course, you'd have Fluttery in the background giving the, the evil, uh, double-trouble eyes, <laughs> being like, well, I "Me, mean, I'm such a stinker. I'm just
1: saying, <laughs> the instant they bring up there's a traitor, everyone's gonna go kill Shadow Weaver, so...
2: It's <laughs> also fair. But they don't consider it. <laughs> they don't consider there's a traitor, and it might be the person that Betrayed her order of sorcerers, and then worked for Hordak for like thirty years, and then betrayed him to join them, <laughs> and to clearly co- start trying to slowly corrupt the queen. <laughs> ah, well, you see, she hasn't put
1: in her hours yet. She doesn't betray you until she's been with you for X amount of time.
2: <laughs> yeah, Shadow Weaver has to clock in first. We've had been doing her time card manually until we can get her credentials. At that point, then we'll know she's definitely been lying about something. She's
1: got a minimum loyalty quota before she's allowed to betray you. That's how her playbook works.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like Uh, it's like uh, the loyalty missions in Mass Effect. To go back to that, where where it's like, oh well, this would be the sensible thing, but that would also piss off the character. Actually, it's like, sorry, Tally's dad, you're an asshole. I guess I need to lie and potentially risk Tally being exiled for her life because that's the only way she'll be happy with me. <laughs> Which i can i can get the rationalizations behind that, but also tally your dad was an asshole. <laughs> 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 ripping shit yeah. tally's dad whose name i forget <laughs>
1: uh' that one guy
2: <laughs> Is Ale- does he even have a name i'm curious he does
1: he absolutely has a name i just don't remember it because i don't like him
2: uh i'm googling Terry zorra at the moment uh <laughs>
1: Uh, Tally's dad is Admiral rail Zora
2: right rail yeah <laughs> right <laughs> yeah I
1: just found that on here too.
2: okay we should probably stop getting sidetracked. <laughs> yeah
1: I just googled Tally's dad I didn't go through
2: <laughs> fair I only googled tally yourself. that's the difference <laughs> but uh, yeah
1: so let's see. Uh, Adora brings up that uh, Mara had kind of mentioned a weapon, and that uh, maybe if Adora knew what that weapon is, uh, she could use it, if it could protect them from the Horde, but Light Hope just says that she'll explain everything once the planet has been balanced, because that's what Shira's job is. And then she starts glitching out. But Dora thinks she's just avoiding the subject, but it's hard to tell, because... She's glitching, so if this is an act, it's a good one.
2: Am I forgetting, or didn't Mara herself in the recording, even though it was all glitchy, say not to use the weapon?
1: Yes, she straight up said, do not use the weapon.
2: And meanwhile, is like, a weapon? Hmm. <laughs> 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 that sounds like something that might be useful. We should use that, even though the previous she died saying not to use it. <laughs>
1: The previous she said that I should be the last She-Ra if I did this, because I don't want anyone to use the weapon.
2: <laughs> well, uh, sorry Mara, that plan of yours messed up. That was like the one thing you did wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Shouldn't have left that recording and everything would have been fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, we cut back to the woods where Lonnie gives us a convenient monologue explaining why they're here in the woods. Um, <laughs> Catra has apparently sent them after some sort of special armor plating, which they had to steal from a mine in Rebellion territory. But as she's driving, a hole just sort of melts in the hull of a transport, and some wire is cut, which uh, slams the brakes. I I don't know what wire this is, but it stops them dead in their tracks. They almost flip. It's ridiculous.
2: It it broke the brake line, so now they don't have any brake fluid. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Okay, but yeah, if they
1: broke the brake line though, then they wouldn't be able to stop. They wouldn't stop immediately.
2: Shh, don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> anyway, this is where the credits are and I'm pretty darn sure that that is the longest cold open of the series so far because it was like three minutes before we it, got the.
2: It definitely did seem like it, yeah.
1: Um, at the Crystal Castle, uh, Adora is trying to get out and she's using this order protection as like a lever to try and wedge the doors open. <laughs>
2: But Light Hope has... Hmm? Yeah, I, I just like how Light Hope is like, that is not the use of the sword to protect it. And Dora's like, well, you never tell me shit, so how am I supposed to really know? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, like, hey, the, it was this, a door tool this whole this, time. The sword can become a cup and a mop. How do you know it's not actually designed for this? <laughs> Light Hope, if the, if the sword has these functions, how do you know it's not also a crowbar? I mean, it
1: is a crowbar. That's just not what it's
2: made for. <laughs> well, it's it's doing that now. Yeah. But uh, yeah,
1: the reason Adora can't get out is because Light Hope has locked the place down because there is a, spore, a cloud of spores in the woods. We never get any kind of word on what these spores are or where they came from, but it's not safe outside, so Adora can't leave.
2: Yeah, the uh, wiki the wiki also mentioned they never come up again, so I guess we're just never going to get answers about the the acid snow, as long as he puts it later. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, Dora's pretty upset about being locked in here, but uh, Light Hope just vanishes and the power goes out. <laughs> and uh, after a moment, Light Hope reappears. She's back, but she's different. She says her system is rebooting, and they do a little bit of uh, the, the Heya uh, He-Man memes. They What's going on? Back and forth. <laughs> and uh, she also doesn't know who Adora is. Uh, back in the woods, the Horde trio are trying to work on their transport, but as spores, spores fall from above, it sort of begins to melt, because whatever these spores are, they destroy metal on contact. And uh, Kyle tries to fight them for some reason, but then he catches one on his tongue, and it burns him too. Because
2: <laughs> Yeah, so he's definitely dead. Because <laughs> we saw this thing melt through metal... And his tongue is somehow fine, so again, Kyle has to have just, like, like Spider-Man levels of regenerative powers, if not better than Spider-Man, because Spider-Man still occasionally gets stabbed and has to take time to heal and all. Yeah. Because, like, if Kyle wasn't the chosen one here, obviously, like, even more so than a He-Man would, he, he's definitely dead here. <laughs> like yeah. His his, his tongue would have a crater in it. <laughs> like... I mean, you can survive having a hole in your
1: tongue. Obviously, people get piercings, but even if we assume the Kyle clone scenario is the true and accurate one, I don't think it's in play this episode because there's not more tubes of Kyles in the back of this truck.
2: it <laughs> has got like one of those fucking Futurama tube systems that just pops up and then just delivers a new Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I got my uh, you know my memories uploaded into his body. Uh, but, uh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs>
1: But yeah, so even though these four things are just everywhere, I guess this one that Kyle eats is the first one that touched any of them somehow.
2: Yeah, but, don't, uh, don't think about it.
1: <laughs> but the instant he does that, all of a sudden they're landing on all three of them and they have to run into the, 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 the cargo bay in the back of the truck. Uh, Rogelio points out that one of them is going to have to fix the thing, but uh, since they can't go outside, they're going to be trapped in here for a while. And Kyle is just thrilled because the freight zone has been way over the top stressful lately since Catra's in charge now, and she's just jumping down their throats constantly. Out here, they can just kind of hang out for a while and have a break. It's cool. And then Catra calls them on Zoom. And I'm not super sure how she knew to call the cargo bay, but whatever, I guess.
2: (laughs) Uh, Well, I think the cargo bay is just directly attached to the rest of the truck, right? I don't think it's like a separate area, really. I don't
1: think it is. I mean, there might be a way to get back and forth between them, but when they get out of the front of the truck, they run around to the back to get in. When the acid snow starts, they don't jump in, you know?
2: Hmm. I'm going to skip to the episode real quick to see. I'm curious.
1: (laughs) Because, yeah, they get out of the front of the truck, and then when they have to run, they run around to the back to go in through the cargo doors. And I don't know why they would do that if it was all one tube. (laughs) Either way, uh they are late because they were supposed to be back an hour ago already, which seems unrealistic, but whatever. And Kyle does try to explain the the acid rain snow, whatever, and Catcher just asks him why he's talking and redirects the conversation to Lonnie. It's way ruder than they've been to him in the past.
2: Okay. I, I looked it up, you are correct. There is like a like window they can look through from like the, the cab to the back of the truck. So, like, probably they could actually slide through. So, like, maybe Katara was trying to call them in the dashboard or whatever and they weren't answering, so she called <laughs> in the back or something. Assuming that could they be. might be. there.
1: There is, um... Later in the episode... I, I guess we'll get to that when we get to that. But there is an instance of them going in the back and ending up in the cab, so... There's definitely a connection somehow.
0: <laughs>
1: but, yes, uh... Regardless, um... Lonnie also explains what Kyle already explained, because they're being rude to Kyle again, and uh, it really doesn't matter to her, because their their cargo is, as I mentioned, some sort of new armor plating taken from a rebellion mine, which... I don't get. You would think the armor would be at a foundry, not a mine, but whatever. And well, Honey wants more information about the plan, like why this is so special or why they had to steal it from the rebellion. But Katra just refuses, but she tells them that they've already failed the mission and uh, she demands that they send someone out to fix the transport immediately because she needs this stuff back and it's in order. Lonnie accedes to this, but she is swallowing a lot of talk. We're getting some personality out of her,
2: finally. <laughs> yeah, it only took, like, four seasons to finally yeah, get really. some personality out of these three. <laughs> <laughs> like, even Raquelio gets personality, and meanwhile, he's a big lizard man that just growls. He, like, nobody else can even understand what he's saying.
1: <laughs> you don't speak lizard man? No. Kyle oh, no. doesn't.
2: <laughs> Kyle absolutely speaks Lizard Man. No, he says, like, oh yeah, that's. Uh, we'll get to I that. I think, buddy, no yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he definitely does not. He definitely does not.
1: He absolutely does. And there's. We'll, we'll get there, no worries. <laughs> um, back in the Crystal Castle, uh, Light Hope reveals that her operating system is rebooting, and as a consequence, she doesn't have all the information from her databanks. Uh, this is why she doesn't know who Adora is um she is very different in this moment she's just all curiosity and fun and just like starts warping her avatar around the castle for goofs <laughs> and when adora reveals that she's the she-ra light hope asks how she can help she's excited because she wants to help she-ra and adora makes a smart play for once telling her that uh, before the reboot she was just about to explain mara's weapon and where adora came from and Light Hope agrees to tell her no strings attached, except, of course, that she doesn't have the info because it hasn't reloaded yet. Uh, she just start messing with gravity, though,
2: because that's fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like this Light Hope. She's a lot more... um She's a little childlike, in a way.
2: <laughs> yeah. She doesn't obviously know any sort of, like, limitations of her power, nor that humans need, like, gravity.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious how much of this is... Real, because we know that the Crystal Castle has really intense, essentially augmented reality systems. So, is well, she I actually mean, messing with gravity, or does she just she, making it look like she is? She
2: floods the chamber earlier, and Adora is very much like I was drowning, kind of.
1: That's true, <laughs> so... but she also specifically says that the ocean is a simulation.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs>
1: some uh, some hollow deck with uh, safety settings turned off stuff um. yeah so uh, back in the transport they're trying to decide who goes outside to fix the transport and the acid snow and uh, for the first time kind of like ever they don't just immediately make Kyle do the bad job uh, Lonnie says that they're going to choose through a game of bot shield laser which is apparently their rock, paper, scissors. I'm kind of surprised they even have this, given the Horde's views of fun, but whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kyle p- protests this, and he asks why she gets to decide how they go out, and, uh, she tells him it's because she's the leader, although Regelio points out that he, in fact, is the leader, and, you know, it's, it's, he disagrees, but he plays along anyway. <laughs> um, it's a draw, though. Uh, they all throw shields, so they have to try again. Um, Back in the castle, uh, Adora hits the ground after the gravity comes back on, and she asks if L.H. has learned anything useful, but she doesn't seem to know what that means. Although, she did learn how to make spiders, so she makes a bunch of those. <laughs> <laughs> the trouble is, she doesn't know how to get rid of them, so Adora has to transform to fight them. And, I don't know about you, but to me, this is the most egregious, like... It really, really felt like they were going in for a transformation
2: scene here, and then they didn't. <laughs> I my note here says, "Damn it, show me a transformation." <laughs> well, they start because the
1: music and the zoom in and everything, they, and then just blop. Ke-
2: they keep just teasing me about it. Andy <laughs> oh. is going in and changing the show that is already finished. It's not like da- it's not Dana where Dana's changing the show on the fly to just <laughs> either spite us or prove us right. It's like, no, Andy is changing a show that is finished just for our versions that we're watching.
1: Yeah, you can tell this one's a rush job because it, like the musical cue starts and so is yeah. the her way she moves, but then all of a sudden it just ends. So Exactly. <laughs> clearly, Endy wasn't expecting us to catch up as quick as we did.
2: <laughs> um, despite us going at two episodes a week and therefore clearly telegraphed. <laughs> Though, to be fair, I say that, meanwhile, we actually were a little bit off of like how far we're going to be in this season before the house yeah. episode there is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, back
1: in the uh, transports, they uh, have another three-way tie at their, I already forgot what it is, bot shield laser, and uh, since this clearly isn't working, uh, they just need a new game to decide. Uh, Rogelio pulls out his cup and ball game suggesting that they can use that to decide who goes outside but uh, and the,
2: the, hmm? well yeah they don't they tie but it's because each of them have like a three way tie of like oh I beat you but you beat him and he beats me kind of deal it's not like they all yeah. just keep throwing the same thing well they I, I don't
1: do... but they keep tying and that's what yeah, matters
2: <laughs> I, I do like the little like bits where they just have like the same like three stills of like a robot a shield or a laser <laughs> just destroying the other one <laughs> Just keeps, like, flashing between the three for, like, ten ten seconds, as Kyle's just trying to figure out the logistics of who wins.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so when Rogelio starts playing with the cup and ball game, uh, Kyle says he has an idea and just rips the ball off. It's, this is mean. I don't know why he did this. Yeah,
2: not not cool, my guy. (laughs) This is the first time Kyle's
1: had an opportunity to be mean, and he goes for it instantly. (laughs) He sure Um, does. So Shira's fighting the spiders, and she asks Light Hope how long loading more of the data will take, but apparently the uh, reboot has gotten stuck. It won't load past 36%, and they have to manually reboot by installing a data crystal at the core processor, which, like, I have been there before, believe me. Windows. (laughs) Um, yeah, that uh, processor is past all of the spiders, so... fun. Uh... I hope then tries to help, but instead doubles the number of spiders. <laughs> and uh, when that doesn't work, she just floods the entire building to drown the spiders. <laughs> and Adora, also, yes. Um, back in the transport, uh, Kyle is basically playing Calvin Ball here. He's invented a special game of bouncing the ball all over the place and trying to get it into a horde helmet. But, like, standing in the right place makes you lose automatically whether you got the thing or not it's
2: yeah like throwing the ball but not wearing a hat makes you lose points <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: i don't know what the move is here is this because kyle knows that he would be the one voted to go do it if they vote right oh yeah no definitely so is this just him trying to rig the favor in his the system in his a- favor ad- or...
2: absolutely yes yes <laughs> <laughs> He does not want, he's already had his tongue burned off, he does not want to go back out there, so he's obviously just doing whatever he needs to to make sure he does not lose.
1: It's, It's weird, because most of the time he's just such a doormat, he goes along with everything without question, and yet this time he's, like, asserting wild rules and making up games in order to, I don't know. That this is why I feel like maybe the clone thing isn't in play for this episode specifically because he is desperately trying not to die, and that's unusual for him. <laughs>
2: he, he needs to be within a, a certain radius of the fright zone in order to respawn. <laughs> <laughs> if he dies out here, he dies for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The rest of the time, he's in a video game. <laughs> uh,
1: he manages to ricochet the ball and hit himself in the face, which he claims is a special move that makes him win immediately, but uh, they immediately say no, absolutely not. And then they're interrupted as the cargo bay begins to melt open, so... The engine's probably shot by now, I would say. Huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, this transport is holding up a lot better than just that one particular area where the wires were. <laughs> yeah, really? Considering if it was going at that pace, this thing would have melted, like, a half hour ago in their time. hmm Yeah. <laughs> it would all be uh, dead, for sure.
1: <laughs> entombed in molten metal, yes. Terrible way to go, really. Uh... Adora wakes up from drowning to uh, Light Hope, who didn't know humans couldn't breathe underwater. Uh, they're more or less at the data core now, so Adora uh, just kind of squeezes through some crystal things to get there as stuff starts falling from the ceiling. Because apparently the uh, spores outside are now compromising the crystal castle, which is kind of wild considering the whole first one's tech thing. Um, you would think if the spores could do that... It would have happened a long time ago.
2: (laughs) Yeah, this is why the spores really don't make any sense. Cause it's like, oh, this is something that we've never gotten a hint at before. <laughs> it never comes up again. They never explain what's up with the spores, really. Of like, oh, there's like some. It's like, oh, it's like s- s- fall or whatever. There's a plant that's now blooming. Cause that's the the style of fucking weird magic planet works. <laughs> and it's releasing all the toxic spores or whatever. And it's like they don't do that. So it's like, how has this thing been here for like the last thousand years if this is what this planet is just like? Yeah. yeah. It's like how people bring up, like, how did they, how's anybody in the boiling house actually survive? Because if all the water is boiling and the rain is boiling, how do they actually have any source of water to drink? And it's like, well, there's, I guess there's something that stands in. I mean,
1: all you gotta do is collect it while it rains and then let it cool off.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not acidic, it's just boiling. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know, you can you can figure it out. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're just all somehow trying to dilute all the alcohol out of, uh, like, apple blood. To drink that to get a little <laughs> bit of moisture. Yeah. I guess I could, I guess I could just drink a uh, kid version of Apple Blood because that doesn't have alcohol, presumably. <laughs> We're not still sure.
1: <laughs> or uh, whatever gross stuff they had at the uh, festival hall, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, so. Uh... They get to the data core, and Adora puts the crystal into the port that LH advises her to. I keep saying LH, because I wrote that in my abbreviations, <laughs> and normally I would remember to say her whole name, yeah. but...
2: Yeah, it's like how sometimes I was calling Double Trouble DT, because it's just easier and sort of... Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this this doesn't help at all. It it doesn't even reset Light Hope to zero, it just... it's nothing. It's so nothing. <laughs> um, but back in the cargo bay, uh, they really need to get someone to fix the transport, because otherwise they're going to die horribly. And Lonnie rightfully points out that Catra will not send anyone to save them, because all she cares about is her plan and not them. And poor, dear, sweet Kyle does try to defend Katra because they've always been there for each other, ever since they were kids. And sure, she might be mean, but she's still family. And then he makes a reference to the perfect world, <laughs> confirming that those were indeed the real people, and also <laughs> that they remember it. <laughs>
2: I wonder if any of them remember being basically erased from existence as the uh, the purple stuff was uh, engulfing them.
1: Good question.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> like none of none of them made hints to noticing that, and like that, it... <laughs> oh, hmm.
1: I don't know. Because well, the other thing is, Kyle does not seem to realize that the uh, the the ration bar cake incident didn't happen. He thinks that was real, so. I don't that that puts up some very interesting well, questions like, about he, the perfect
2: he and reggelio Rig- were presumably like consumed by it without knowing what's going on like Adora you know, finds Lonnie and tries to get her oh, out of there, but then that is Lonnie true is, yeah' like, falls they get behind. got caught before
1: anybody realizes, he,
2: yeah, so like that might be why Lonnie's like that was bullshit that was the stupid fake world that kept <laughs> like put us in because of the portal <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, so um. Lonnie just kinda laughs at his declaration that they're like a family unit and really what she says they are is expendable. Catra sent them out for a mission and doesn't care if they come back or not as long as this mission gets done, because as much as the horde talks about unity, they're really just every man for themselves. You know, something something fascism. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's well, not even it's not it's the opposite of like how uh you know Bellus is trying to pretend about Unity with the day of unity at all. <laughs> Even though it's still just fascism, but of a different... Well, I guess the same flavor, but a different messaging.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it, it really... The whole message of fascism, right? The, the, the points that it's based on is that uh, a group is stronger together. It comes from that angle. Like, the root word is the Latin word for a bundle of sticks tied together. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. It's what just that, that in practice, it does not actually involve unity. That You put up a united front, but you're not working to the same end, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it's very much a the empire thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but,
2: the, the more you
1: know... <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there, there very much is a reason why fascism and communism are often referred to as opposites on the scale. They're both communalism, just from extremely different
2: angles. <laughs> yeah. but.
1: Either way, um...
2: And guess which one America says is bad, and which one they are embracing. (laughs) Yay!
0: (laughs)
1: Yeah, Um, so confronted with this, Kyle decides he's just gonna go fix the transport, because if they're not friends, he doesn't want to be in here with them. And to their credit, Lonnie and Rogelio do try to stop him for the first time ever, (laughs) Uh, and they tell him to stop messing around, because if he goes out there, he'll die. But this devolves into an argument between the two of them over whose fault it is Kyle is going outside to die. (laughs) Uh, each of them are just blaming the other for his weird situation. Rogelio is probably in the right here, because, as he points out, Kyle wouldn't be going outside if Lonnie didn't, like, tell him that they didn't matter to each other. (laughs) Um... I do like we covered this earlier, he does only speak in grunts and roars, but I'm very impressed by the way they express him in this episode. It's very clear what he's saying, even though he's not actually talking.
2: Yeah, yeah, like the bit when like he has like a whole like something like fifteen or twenty seconds of just growling at after this and everything, where he's just mm-hmm. like you know, standing next to Kyle and puts his hand on his shoulder and everything and it's like, Okay, yeah, you can understand that he's like, you know, trying to convey that they are like a team and they do care about each other even if it doesn't seem like it all the time. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, obviously you can't actually hear a word he's saying because he's a big lizard man. <laughs> uh,
1: the thing is, though, while these two are arguing, uh, Kyle just slips out <laughs> into the yep. Um
2: He at least has, he puts on a helmet.
1: <laughs> he puts on a helmet. Um, in the castle, Light Hope is still at 36%, and Adora gets real mad just yelling about how even when she knows everything she won't tell her the truth and why did Adora ever bother to trust her and what's the point and this new Light Hope just gets really sad and kind of upset about all of this and says that if she's not training she she failed and then vanishes. <laughs> Adora goes looking for her and finds her watching a hologram of herself and Mara, a younger Lighthope Hope and Mara. Uh, Mara has brought her flowers because she thinks Light Hope will like them and she thinks it must be hard being stuck in the castle all the time but Lighthope hope really does like them and she likes them aesthetically really and she says she's especially enjoys it when mara comes to visit because they're lesbians um modern <laughs> yeah, light it's, hope
2: it's, it's hmm? very it's a very uh, gay energy charge uh, conversation
1: <laughs> it really really is <laughs> um Modern Lighthope uh, searched her database to try and help Adora and answer her questions, but this is the only thing she remembers that has anything to do with Mara. This and a feeling of warmth, because again, lesbians. Um, Adora seems surprised that two of them were close, and uh, when she says that, Lighthope seems surprised that she and Adora aren't, which leads Adora to explain that she's frustrated by the constant refusal to answer questions and the I'll tell you later shtick. Um, Light Hope says that she does want to help She-Ra to try and protect her, but sometimes she just doesn't have the power or ability to do that, and this particular Light Hope seems to feel real bad about it. Uh, Adora apologizes for what happened with Mara and the whole yelling thing, and says that if Light Hope wants, they can be friends, which she does seem to like. Uh, out in the woods, Kyle has put a Horde helmet on and gone to fix the machine, and I just want to make a note, we get a first-person view just for a brief second, and these things have a really terrible field of vision. It's no <laughs> wonder these guys can't shoot straight.
2: Yeah, they they have uh, very severe stormtrooper syndrome.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's really bad. <laughs> um, but he starts to work on the corroded wire right away. So I guess they figured out what caused the transport to stop. But then his helmet starts melting, and so does his skin. It is gross. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't like fully melt. He just gets like burns on him. But it's like. I mean, if what we saw actually happened to them, uh, that had happened to the transport, this, uh, show would not be rated for kids.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, he does manage to fix the wire, surprisingly enough, but then he passes out from the pain of being melted alive, so, uh,
2: inside- As as one tends to do, being melted alive. (laughs) You know,
1: normal being melted alive stuff.
2: (laughs) Uh, Inside the
1: transport, Lonnie says that she never should have let him go out there alone, which, honestly, like, what is two of you melting together going to achieve? But Rogelio opens their cargo crate to reveal the armor plating, and while Lonnie is hesitant, since this is their payload, and Catcher will probably kill them if it comes back damaged, she does agree. Um, They, like, use it as an umbrella, basically, hold it over their heads as they run out to save Kyle, and, uh... Lonnie just grabs Kyle and drags him back into the back of the truck, and while she does that, uh, Rogelio finishes the repairs, and then runs back in. Um, the plate is destroyed, but the vehicle restarts, and they're able to get out of there. This is how you know that the back and the front must be connected, because they go into the back, and then the truck drives yeah, away. <laughs> yeah,
2: they, I mean, like I said, like from that picture from the episode, it shows that there's like no door, but they must just like dive through the window to get to the front seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: And, um, back at the control console, uh, Adora places the data crystal into the other port, which immediately repairs the castle. So, with this, I am willing to accept that the spore clouds are a naturally occurring thing that have happened more than once, because if the castle can self-repair like this, it's like, okay, I get it. But, it's just weird where they came from, and, yeah. (laughs) Um... Uh, the Light Hope, we all know and dislike, is back, and she's she does not like Adora at all anymore, and she's <laughs> super not into helping her and isn't going to answer any of her questions again. Uh, she says the spore cloud has dissipated, which I think is thanks to the castle rebooting, because there was a huge flash of light when that happened, so... I don't know, maybe the castle has something to do with the spores? Did Light Hope cause these spores to trap Adora here?
2: Um... They may just never know, because nobody seems to know anything about the spores, and they don't (laughs) (laughs) accept
1: Yep. Adora does say that since she and Light Hope are friends now, uh, you know, Light Hope can trust her and tell her everything, but Light Hope is just back on her all-will-become-clear-stick. In the transport, Kyle wakes up burned all over and sees Lonnie and Rogelio also burned all over, and he realizes immediately that the others came to save him and that they actually do care. Uh, Lonnie plays it off, but Rogelio gives a long and rousing speech about how they only have each other, and they have to stick together, because the Horde clearly doesn't care if they live or die, and this is also where he admits to being madly in love with Kyle, and wanting to make out, and Kyle says yeah, we should do that, probably. Uh, Finally, we got back to the Crystal Castle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There might be some uh, extrapolating on your part there. (laughs) Um...
1: All right, you know what? I'm just going to say it. Uh, by the end of this series, it is never officially confirmed because it's Netflix, but by the end of this series, uh, these three are dating at a polycule, so...
2: hey, Good for them.
1: <laughs> so, yes, this is this is the only real character episode we get with them that I recall, so I am choosing to interpret this as Rogelio admitting that he has a crush and wanting to start a relationship. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um but yeah like, we y'all can... y'all he's like he's like y'all are both hot let's make out together <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> catcher's gonna kill us when we get back anyway we gotta do what we going to do now while we have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
1: um... At the castle, uh, Light Hope is once again watching the hologram of Mara bringing her younger self the flowers. It does seem sentimental and kind of cute for just a moment, but uh, then she states out loud that this memory should have been purged in accordance with the Heart of Etheria project and permanently deletes her own memory, so... She just looms ominously over the screen as the episode ends.
2: Yeah, definitely <laughs> not foreshadowing who might be, like, an actual uh, villain here more so than even the <laughs> horde. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe a not, little. Not, no, definitely not. Uh, we can definitely trust her. <laughs> it's fine.
1: <laughs> just because I... she's the only homophobe on a
2: theory. <laughs> <laughs> I am sure that in uh, let's say next week we will probably get some more context for that and be like, oh, she sucks. She sucks. We gotta kill her <laughs> or wipe her memory or whatever.
1: Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's my episode. Hey,
2: right. yeah, uh, I did like that. We actually got an episode about those three, concerning they really have not been characters. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's as much as. I enjoy this show. It's been so much just like the main three this whole time. It was really nice yeah. to see another
2: opportunity. Yeah, it's like the opposite of like last week when we were talking about like, oh, this is the first time they really let uh Spinner on and the do anything and it's not great <laughs> compared to like, <laughs> oh, they let they let Ketra's like uh B squad do something and it's them being like, Yeah, no, she fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Like, she's, like nobody in the Horde is going to look out for us besides us. Yeah, <laughs> like, except. oh, yeah, it's good. It's characterization. <laughs> it's progress. It's characters realizing that the Horde fucking blows and that they should leave, potentially, which you get more of in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which I guess we should probably just get into because we're already at an hour and a half here.
1: <laughs> I mean, we could. I don't know. We could always go back to the old, 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 longest episode ever jokes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well eventually I have to just be in like in our longest preamble ever, rather than the longest episode, <laughs> Joker. <ever>. Good call. <laughs> yeah, we, we somehow spend like twenty minutes talking about fucking Assassin's Creed.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it somehow doesn't have any fucking besides forcing you into a cisset relationship even if your character is a lesbian.
1: It doesn't force you into a cishet relationship exactly.
2: It still forces you to have a kid.
1: (laughs) Yes, it does force you to have a kid. Uh, That's not the same as a cishet relationship necessarily because uh, when people complained about being forced to have a kid uh, what they did was they updated it so you could be extremely mean to the father of your child.
2: (laughs) True, true. yes, I do remember that, but still not great. (laughs) I do not love
1: you and I am only with you to ensure my bloodline continues said cassandra <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> we should probably just get into it huh <laughs> yes i agree <laughs> yeah all right uh the following episode episode six princess scorpia uh opens with a shot of the scorpia just asleep in her i i can't call it a bed it's not a bed it's the horde it's like a bunk and uh, this is where we see that she has a a little picture on her nightstand showing that her parents are both ladies, so yay, she has lesbian parents. Makes a lot lot of sense why uh, Scorpia is a hopeless lesbian as well. (laughs) She was raised that way from being a child. (laughs) I actually wonder about that. We're going to get
1: a little bit more of Scorpia in this episode,
2: and I don't know how young she
1: was when the Horde, like assimilated her so
2: to speak well i think i think from what she tells emily of her history i'm pretty sure she mentions that her grandfather is the one who handed over the kingdom to hordax so it i guess it's like implied that like her like her like mom that was like directly related to her grandfather whichever one it is uh Mm -hmm. probably is like you know has probably lived under horde rule for a long time ever since he was like a teenager or so before you know meeting her wife and having scorpia
1: yeah, that's fair. I just, like, she says she doesn't remember her grandfather at all, so... Yeah, he's probably been
2: gone for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we don't know what happened to her parents either, so, uh...
2: <sighs> oh, we never find, we never see them? Not that I'm aware of.
1: Boo. That's a bummer. I, I think this image is the only, like, clue we get to Scorpio's parents.
2: I'm Googling Scorpio's moms to see if there's any other thing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Relatives, unnamed mothers. That's a great start. uh all information except their appearance is entirely by an infer-, infer in by inf- my fucking up inference <laughs> <laughs> as no details about them has specifically been confirmed they are assumed to be scorpia's parents and heavily implied to be as their picture resides on her nightstand although the relationship with scorpia has not been directly confirmed well i mean considering that like one of them has like this like similar white hair as scorpia i would assume that, that at least her biological mom well, not I, only that, I mean, they I mean, are the holding <laughs> baby
1: Scorpia in the picture. Yeah.
2: yeah, they were both holding baby Scorpia in the picture. <laughs> like, heavily imply that she has lesbian moms, and that's what we're going to stand with, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do love uh, her little scorpion plush that she's got on the shelf next to that picture.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's adorable, and
2: I want one.
1: <laughs> and I also love yeah. that she kept her uh, Tunnel Snakes jacket from the desert. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's going to come up in a sec here. <laughs> uh, really, Scorpion is the best character on this show. Yes. And easily. <laughs> but yeah, uh, she wakes up, kind of just suddenly. She doesn't have a lore but she's just wide awake immediately. Yeah, she's one of uh, those somehow. people. <laughs> yeah, definitely not me. And she goes just through her normal morning routine until Emily knocks over that Crimson Waste Fest that you mentioned, which uh, prompts her to just, like, like doesn't even like need any prompting from emily to just be convinced herself that she must have obviously misheard catcher when she said that they're not friends like (laughs) oh yeah i must have misheard what she said that's you know we're clearly besties (laughs) and she also has a bit where she has to like psych herself up in front of a mirror being like all right suppress all your doubts and let's go and sees immediately just a bunch of horde soldiers, like, fucking things up in the cafeteria or whatever, and she's like, it's gonna be a great day.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they're doing in the cafeteria, but it's do Yeah, they don't,
2: ex- they don't explain it. I was expecting them to come back to that and be like, wow, that was wacky. Anyway, like, they don't even mention it. <laughs> they don't reference it at all. It's just, it's just a goof.
1: Yep like there's a wilhelm scream somebody died in that cafeteria yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> i guess that's the one bit of trivia i could bring up because there wasn't anything for these episodes either but oh, like, yes favorite. they do bring they, well whatever i didn't have it written down i forgot but when you mentioned that it's like oh yeah that is like the one bit of trivia that they re- use that fucking scream obviously because <laughs> everything uses that scream
1: yeah, I mean, uh, but I'm yes. just saying, that's, like, audio shorthand for someone just died.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, no, absolutely. 100% a man died there in the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, we instead just instead continue that cut over to Dora, Bow, and Glimmer, just, like, kicking the complete shit out of some Horde soldiers at their remote, remote base. Uh, they specified later on that this is, like, along their route to, like, reopen supply lines to Frost's kingdom. But they don't say right here. But I'm just gonna bring it up because it's in my synopsis. And at some point, uh, Glimmer teleports the soldier away from Flutterina to go and try to test out like a new like sorcerer rune against him. That doesn't work. It's, she kind of just like fires at him and it just passes the rune. And he says fine. Mm-hmm. And the guy just like tries to like lunge at her, but uh, Dora just comes along and whips the guy to help Glimmer. And Adora, again, reiterates really that she's not thrilled that Clever's been learning some, like, really fucked up magic from Shadow Weaver, uh, especially also, like, trying it out on a dude when she doesn't really know exactly what it's gonna do. And Flutterina just comes by to thank them for taking her along, because it's apparently the first mission she's been on. <laughs> And after videos walks away, Flutterina not so subtly tries to uh, open up that divide between Glimmer and Adora even more so By saying that she's lucky Adora saved her ass right there And that it's cool that Adora gets to give her orders and talk to her unprofessionally despite her status as queen <laughs> Which pisses off Glimmer, and she tries to rationalize that she's not being given orders And then of course like Flutterina has to have the uh, like lizard uh, I, like uh, blinking everything just to remind you yeah remember this is double trouble flutterina doesn't exist <laughs> maybe we're not sure still <laughs> this is like kind of one of the things where it really just like feels like very much like a kids show in the sense that they kind of have to keep they have to keep reminding you that this is double trouble yeah. and not flutterina <laughs> and it's like we haven't seen Flutterina Prime, like, the actual Flutterina, so it's like, you don't have to keep reminding people, and also, like, you would have to have watched the show up till this point to even know who this person is. Yeah. So I feel like you don't necessarily need to keep reiterating it. (laughs) It's, 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 I was about to say, it'd be like if Lucy and Amity are reiterating, ah, reiterating that they're girlfriends at the same time. I mean, literally the episode after they became girlfriends. Yeah, they're do do that dudes, Yeah, guess. Re- but that's also because Amity has to reassure herself <laughs> because of her fucked up upbringing. That's, that's her trying to keep like her spirits high being like, oh, Lucy would not pick up with me. <laughs> and also, Hunter is not helping. But yes, different show. Uh, over in the Fright Zone, Hordak is pissed that their northern outposts are being dunked on by the Rebellion, which Katra just explains that she reduced them to skeleton crews, so this way the soldiers can be put to use for her larger scale plan, which we still don't really fully know, but it involves some sort of weapon. Because Hordak says that they're not ready with the weapon that Katra wants to set loose just yet, since, like, apparently her schedule is ahead of his. And he says that he needs Entrapta's notes to better understand the tech that he's working with because I guess he just never spent any of the last, like, thousand years or so he's been on (laughs) Ethereum learning anything about the first one at all. Lazy. (laughs) Uh, I mean, well, I was about to say Entrapta's 16, though. She's 30. She's at least learned way more in 30 years about the first one's tech than this guy's learned in a thousand. (laughs) Not great. Uh, But yes, McCatria keeps up the lie that Entrapta was a traitor and that they don't need her help. And Hordax just pissed to hear that again, because, of course, he's still not thrilled about the fact that he's still on the terms of Entrapta apparently being a traitor, even though she's definitely not. And he swears that he'll prove himself to Horde Prime and needs those recordings no matter what. Uh, but yeah, uh, Scorpia, meanwhile, is, like, walking towards, and uh, Catra is, like... Blair, lab, I don't know exactly what you would really call and hang- whereas, nah, it, where whereas yeah, that non where Catra's hanging out these days. But she's hanging out, she's heading over to where she is with a cup of tea that she made while Emily's just hanging along with her and trying to like play with her <laughs> along the way. And but Emily immediately darts away as soon as Catra starts walking up to her because Catra is just here now for the sake of the scene. Emily is
1: the cutest and I love her. <laughs>
2: yeah it's honestly surprising how much they've actually used emily i would say because like i mean emily seemed more like you know a convenience or like a sort of like joke when you know can the reprogrammed her but it's like yeah emily keeps coming back yeah absolutely and like and yeah, and yeah, she's just, like, a like a generic one of these, like, robots that we see in a bunch, but they give Emily personality and have her, like, actually, like, do, like, a little, like, she does, like, the r thing, she does, yeah. like, little whistles and beats and stuff and, like, nods her, like, little, like, robot head. <laughs> she's
1: not just a generic Cute. robot, she's got purple lights.
2: <laughs> true, true, she's got the entraptic coloration to the light, but the rest is the same as a normal Horde bot. Yeah, honestly, but like, if it, I were to describe it, her entra-
1: as a character, I would call her a dog that they hang out with.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, Entrapta didn't even, like, repaint her. She's just got the same green paint. It's just that the light is purple because it's Entrapta tech, <laughs> I guess. But, yes, uh, before Scorpion can give her the tea, Katra interrupts telling her to find Entrapta's recordings for Hordak before just, like, grabbing the tea, guzzling, and tossing the cup away to walk off because Catra's an asshole. She does make <laughs> like, along a the beautiful ways, face here, though. Yeah, but I mean, she's also just like demanding why is still standing there and not getting the work.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the uh, the deadpan like death glare. <laughs> Catcher, I, I mean, that's basically kind of just Catcher's resting face at this point, more or less. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: but this this is different insofar as it's like overtired and freaked out and also deadpan
2: <laughs> yeah it's it's all at once it's it's uh the evolved form of her usual like look on her face and she's but not yeah, even uh, being a, a,
1: a, a queer baby this time
2: <laughs> yeah she's she's just being her tired like at the end of her rope self at this point <laughs> But yeah, uh, Scorpia pep talks herself to Emily before heading over to Kaolani and Rogelio. Rigeli- because like they they say Rogelio a lot in the last episode <laughs> that I actually remembered. It's Rogelio, not Rogelio. Yeah, soft G. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and they're just like unloading a truck. I don't think it's the same transport from before, the previous episode. I think it's a different thing that they're um, doing.
1: Yeah, I don't know what this is, if I'm honest. it
2: Yeah, it definitely doesn't look like the same gear, because they're not unloading the, like, busted up armor that they had last they're not, but
1: they're loading this truck, they're not unloading it, so... True. And this is entirely hypothetical, maybe this is, I'm wrong here, but I kind of thought maybe that this was them gearing up to go on that mission, that it hasn't
2: happened yet? I don't know. Oh, yeah, the one that Catra's been planning before that? Exactly. Or, or do you mean that this is, like, set before the previous episode? Oh, no, that, yes. I, oh, yeah.
1: Obviously, Maybe. this is
2: extremely hypothetical.
1: There's no real evidence for this, but... Yeah. I, I kind of get the sense that this is them preparing to go on the mission that we just saw go down in flames.
2: Yeah, potentially. I mean, we didn't see, like, Catcher or Hordak in the previous episode, nor Scorpia, for that matter. It was just these three, plus Adora and up doing their thing. Yeah. So, for all we know, yeah, potentially. Like,
1: my thought really is just that while it is true that Lonnie kind of badmouths Catra her here, she's also not got the opinion of someone who just got left to die, you know what I mean?
2: True, yeah, and also, like, uh, Rogelio <laughs> and Kyle don't bring it up either. Yeah,
1: and they also don't hold hands, which is like, oh, all
2: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, maybe this is right before that. It might be the same day, for all we know, just a few hours prior.
1: It could be, but, yeah, like I said, entirely uh, theoretical.
2: Yeah. But, yeah, uh, like you alluded to, like, uh, when Scorpion meets them, she's, like, helping them. Well, she's thinking they're loading the gear because she helps put it on the truck, even though it's like, no, we were unloading it. <laughs> or other way around? Other way around, no, yeah. it was supposed to be. No, it was, it was supposed to be loaded, but is taking off the transport, mm-hmm. right? Uh, only for, like, and she's like saying, like Oh, yeah, one day Catra will recognize her efforts, and meanwhile, Lonnie's like, The fuck she will. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, why w- wake up, please, Scorpia. <laughs> it's like, Catra doesn't give a shit about this. <laughs> and uh, Scorpia is just sad when Lonnie says the cure is to be loaded onto the transport, not off. I had that in my notes, and I still messed it up earlier. And she goes to walk off, at which point, we definitely know Scorpia is starting to realize the real truth of what's going on with Catra and the horde in general. <laughs> Like, even if she's not, even if she's enough. not, yeah. Even if she's not saying it, she's still at least starting to think about it. <laughs> like, she she's like the last person in the horde to think about this. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know if she's the last person in the horde because I think there are still loyal minions, but she's also, I think, the last person who regularly interacts with Catra.
2: <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, Gather doesn't really interact with like the general mooks much. Yeah. Uh, but we with the best friend squad And Flutterina, they're off spying On the next outpost that they're just gonna Kick the shit out of And before they can actually like make a full plan And go together, Glimmer just teleports in And just starts shit with them <laughs> Without everybody else <laughs> uh, with point, uh, At which point uh, Adora and Glimmer start bickering about Glimmer just jumping into danger all the time When she's the fucking queen She can't really necessarily do that <laughs> Cause if she dies, Bright Moon's fucked <laughs> and like glimmer's also trying to complain that she doesn't need saving or anything like that or help and meanwhile she's not at all paying attention to the fact that bo definitely saves her ass here because she was about to get shot by a dude above her before bo shot him with a net arrow because bo still can't can't get a kill at all ever he has to do new bo has an agreement that he has to be a pacifist no matter what even if it means making sure that his friends are fully saved or not (laughs) Turns out when you give a guy a ranged weapon (laughs) dealing with other guys with ranged weapons, uh, you gotta figure out other ways to make it be that he's taking them out rather than just shooting them. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. Uh, Mid-fight, Bo demands that they talk this all out, and, you know, they kind of go back and forth, just, like, arguing and stuff, but eventually they do resolve to trust Glimmer and to put their faith in her and not Shadow Weaver, because, like, you know, Dora brings up, like, I can't believe you're, like, trusting Shadow Weaver, and it's like, well, maybe you should just trust me and not believe in her i don't know it's it's kind of a flimsy like conclusion to this i would say because it's like you're still using the shit that shadow weaver taught you and you're still not really like regretting doing that (laughs) as we'll see in about five minutes again (laughs) if i might
1: i would like to say that i really appreciate this from Bo here this sort of acting as a relationship counselor thing uh, we've seen shades of it before way 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 back when when he was captured in in the fright zone when yeah. he was like talking with kyle through his problems about how no one respects him or anything
2: yeah like like i mean bo hangs around two hotheads most of the time and nobody else necessarily so like he's he's kind of had to become this person because otherwise i feel like at this point Adora and glimmer would probably punch each other <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I just really appreciate his ability to make them stop and articulate their feelings in the middle of a fight. That's Yeah. But also, yes, you are right, they absolutely do not resolve their issues. They just state their feelings. No, they
2: they they, they pretend they do for the sake of Bo, basically, and it's like nah, you really haven't but, oh, it's, uh, it's enough.
1: The... Like, they don't even pretend to have resolved the issue. They just each state their feelings on the situation, and there's no discussion or compromise.
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty sweet. But Bo's like, oh, it's all good. And it's everybody's smiley again, right? It's all good. Alright, let's move on. But, uh, apparently is willing to, like, believe them lying to themselves about how everything's resolved because she goes and forces some of the remaining soldiers to air coast capture her by jumping in the arms of one of them. And also whispers at them that she's on her their side later on. But yeah, it's like very much her trying to act it up with like being like, oh, look at me, I'm captured, help me, uh, I'm doomed for sure kind of stuff. Because <laughs> I don't know how Double Trouble is actually this bad of an actor when it comes to stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your your whole thing is like, you know, subterfuge and like, doing, like separating people from being able to trust each other. And meanwhile, you're terrible at acting. <laughs> Maybe they just roll. Maybe they just roll really low on deception here, even if they have huge modifiers to it, and it's like, well, it's still enough to fool these these dipshits.
1: I kind of like double trouble. We don't know anything about them or what they do, so true. Yeah, like, they describe <laughs> they themselves do- as an actor. That's how they yeah. describe themselves. But every time we've seen them impersonate a person directly, it hasn't gone well. Like.
2: I mean, if we go based on the the idea that Flutterina is entirely a fiction, like a person they made up, it's like, well, they they've said before that they need to spend time with the actual like person that they're pretending to be to know how to the passes them. But if Flutterina doesn't exist, it's like, oh, maybe this is actually just them being like, I can't actually base this off of anything. I'm trying to make up shit of my own. I guess that's true. I don't know. What I was trying to get at is that like.
1: Outside of Double Trouble advertising themselves as an actor, I don't think we've seen convincing evidence that they're good at that. So, for all we know, they could just be, like, they could be a librarian or something who decided they wanted to cause mischief. (laughs) Hmm.
2: Yeah, could be. We're not sure. (laughs) feel like we're not going to get a whole lot about Double Trouble really in the end, because it's been so late since they were introduced.
1: There's some, but yeah, no, it, it's not going to be a ton. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Boo. Oh,
2: hey, yes. Uh... Back over with Scorpia and Emily, they continue to look for some just, like, full-on bioshock gas audio logs from Entrapta in her lab, <laughs> uh, before finding a photo of herself, uh, Entrapta and Catra's list, back when they were still the Super Pal trio and everything, and, like, she starts to think and act like Entrapta to get some insight on where Entrapta might actually put the recordings by just, per- like, fully pretending to talk like Entrapta and everything. Mostly just talking about, like, tiny food. It's, I really <laughs> like the impression. It's cute. It, it's a good impression, yeah, but I don't know how this really, like, helps her really narrow it down to be the Black Garnet Chamber. <laughs> she just says a bunch of
1: Entrapta stuff until she comes up
2: with an idea. Yeah, until, until she's like, oh, it's not here, so I don't know. Where else has the been? I guess that room for a while. It's <laughs> right there. Because it's obviously not also in Hordak's lab, because she was there a lot, but couldn't find it there. But yes, uh, she goes and reflects upon how the Black armor used to be her family's redstone to Emily and how it never worked for her anyway. But she can't help but touch it a little bit and is clearly second-guessing not being a princess. Even though she's like, oh, can you imagine being a princess? It's like, technically is, she is because she got to go to princess prom. <laughs> but I guess, like being like official princess part of the rebellion is what she means here. Yeah, I'm not super
1: sure what she's getting at because like... In the past maybe she she's has like, indicated that she's not really a princess because the other princesses treated her differently and she didn't get along with them. But that does yeah. kind of imply that she tried to be at some point. Maybe before yeah, she and they were before. just know. Yeah.
2: Maybe she's referring to like, oh well, I'm I'm like a princess in name but not a princess in title because I don't have magic powers or something. Yeah, something
1: like that. That's the trouble yeah. with double using words. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it turns out. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Emily eventually shows that the logs are have been backed up into her hard drive this whole time. And I guess she's finally decided to show Scorpio this, I guess, because she can trust her now fully about it. And displays one from before the three of them left for the Northern Reach, uh, herself, Scorpion, and Catra, talking about the trip. With uh, Scorpia and Entrapta being excited about having fun on the trip, with like making like tiny hot chocolates and stuff. Whereas <laughs> Catcher's like, we're not going there to have fun. We're going there to do work. Let's fuck off. Come on. <laughs> but uh, I have yeah, after watching, you... never related to Entrapta more than I did in this flashback.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> just, just about like uh, having fun in the snow.
1: No, just this perfect, pure little encapsulation of we're going on a trip i don't need anything except for this and that and all these things
2: oh, oh yeah no that's how it yeah no i get that way all the trip on the time of the trip where it's like well, oh, i might bring i might i should bring a book with me because maybe i'll read And it's like it never happens <laughs> it's like well i don't know maybe i'll play my switch yeah, sometimes but not really <laughs> it's different when i'm on a trip compared to at my home i feel like with having my switch set up at the least <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you always are like, oh, well, I should overprepare, which I mean, you should. You should always be overprepared because it's better to have the thing and not need it compared to well, the other, of like, uh, needing it and not having it.
1: I guess specifically what I'm getting at here is they're 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 supposed to be leaving in like 15 minutes and Entrapta hasn't packed yeah. at all. And now she needs oh, yeah, everything. No. That's, that's me right there.
0: <laughs>
2: hmm. Yeah. Very much reads like all the family vacations back when I was a kid of like, oh, we're going to get on the road by 10. And it's like, well, it's 1230 and we're still at home. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> hey, to be fair, that's on y'all. I'm, one, I'm the one that's ready. You told me to be ready at this point. I am. It's all on y'all that are taking too long. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> yes. Hey, yes. Uh, Where was I? Uh, Yes. Uh, Scorpia then confides that she misses some chapter. But then learns from Emily that the only way to get the logs out of her is by dismantling her entirely. And Scorpia tries to convince herself more than Emily at this point that Catra wouldn't go that far. Even though Emily's like very much shaking her head like, nah, she would definitely fuck me up, fam. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, she would not be kind, you know what she's like. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, going back over with the other group, uh, Flutterina and the guards Ken are just doing a piss poor job of acting up that <laughs> fullerina is actually a captive. Uh, until Glimmer gets fed up and levitates the two soldiers away with her rune that now works, and she basically, like, grabs one and teleports him away to isolate him from the others, and says that she has another, uh, rune that will either be a truth spell, and will force him to tell the truth, or it will cause excruciating pain, and she's not sure which one. It's like, well, I get what I want regardless here, but unless you want to spill the beans now... Hey, so,
1: (laughs) while we're on this, uh, do you think... That that is real, or do you think she
2: is bluffing? Uh, I think it might just be real, and Glimmer just does not give any fucks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, like Glimmer has gone uh, the full like. Uh, I don't even say chaotic, good. like she's more like uh, chaotic neutral at this point, I guess, in terms of like D alignment. Ever since like having that little like run in with uh, Shadow Weaver and learning that he can have much much mm-hmm. more power. Well,
1: I guess what so. I was because. Like, we don't see a lot of it, but it's implied that she's spending a lot of time with Shadow Weaver learning from her. And so my thought here was that maybe this is just Shadow Weaver's mind game thing rubbing off on her.
2: Mm, Potentially, yeah.
1: Like, it doesn't matter, right? Either way, it's still a not princessy thing to do. She's still doing an evil thing in order to extract information. I'm just curious how legit it is.
2: Yeah, she is accumulating dark side points at a rapid rate at this point. Yeah,
1: that's the difference here. Is this plus 10 dark side points, or is this plus 100 dark
2: side points? Well, either way, uh, Kraya is pretty happy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's that's how we resume name. She's now Kraya from (laughs) from, uh, Kodor. (laughs) Kraya, Kraya is is she in both Kodor games, or is it just two? Just two. Okay, yeah, I, I only ever... I, oh, I can't even say play i played like an hour of the first one stuck in that space station i could not get out or <laughs> is that the second i forget hello I, I forget i played it because like we had the original xbox at that point and it was like well i, I should play this game that like, people say it's good and i'm like i don't like this goodbye <laughs> <laughs> i got it used for like five dollars so no loss well, You know. It's but, yeah but, uh, yeah, uh, this still eventually just causes the guard to, like, just spill the beans of what he knows and says that Catcher has recalled most of the troops, which is why all the outposts have been basically empty. Because that's what Glimmer really wants to know more than anything. And Adora is just furious that Glimmer took things too far and proclaims that they're fully fucking done here, which Flutterina is again just having her little shitty grin happy about. <laughs> her job's well done. <laughs> I still feel bad about, like, calling Flutterina by she or her pronouns, even though it's what she uses in her disguise. Yeah. Everything because it anyway, you know, we, we know it's CT and they use they, them, but yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's a weird situation, but I it, guess yeah. what I would suggest is while it's true that double trouble uses they, them in their standard form, I feel like they have to be okay with Bert being referred to otherwise, right? Because you wouldn't make yeah. up a disguise that used pronouns that you
2: weren't okay with. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like if Glimmer, air quotes, showed up one day being like, "Nope, I'm they. Them. Fuck you. Shut up." <laughs> this is what I'm using now. <laughs> well, actually, being double trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Regardless. Uh, I guess. Uh, just uh, like as part of just like wandering around, trying to still convince herself, Scorpia leads Emily to the ruins of Horror Hall, which is a part of the old Scorpion Kingdom from that uh, is still here in the fright zone i guess mm-hmm. and she shows her like portraits of her various ancestors that she doesn't really know who any of them are besides her grandfather who's on like the main part of it who at this point she says that he's the one who's run the kingdom and the ruinstone the hordak which she believes must have been for their prosperity somehow <laughs> <laughs> hoping that grandpa was right i guess <laughs> and uh emily looks at some horgraphy on the walls Kind of just sadly, and Scorpio does admit that it hasn't been overall great for them, actually, for her <laughs> kingdom. So she's like, well, you know, I hope Grandpa did this right, but er, it kind of sucks. <laughs> and then when Scorpio tries once again to argue that Katra would be fair to Emily, Emily's again just shaking her robot head back and forth, being like, nope, 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 <laughs> nope. And she goes and uh, plays recording a Catra, shocking the hell out of Entrapta, to demonstrate that she definitely would not be nice to her. And Scorpia again tries to defend Catra, but finally wises up when she sees the part of the recording where Catra threatened her too with exile and being shocked at the little cataprod. And she, at long last, finally acknowledges that Katra doesn't care about anybody and promises Emily that she'll be a good friend. Yeah. And, yep. I really
1: kind of regret that it took this much to shake Scorpia out of it. Oh, also, yeah.
2: It's part of her charm. To- to- yeah, it, it took a while, and she wanted to believe in the best of her, but, like, really, it's been just, like, her starting to slowly realize this ever since the Perfect World stuff. Yeah. It,
1: honestly, ever since the desert, I think,
2: because from that
1: moment where Scorpius says, let's stay in the desert, and Catra blows up oh, at her, yeah, I think that's, yeah. like, the moment where she starts to fall.
2: Yeah, because, like, like Scorpius saw Catra happy for the first time ever, and was like, you know, we could just say fuck everything else and stay here, and it's like, Nope can't because catra just can't yep. at least not yet i still don't know how we get there but <laughs> still interested how that goes overall but yes uh later on scorpia goes back to catra with a slightly busted up chip claiming that it's recordings from inside of emily and catra when she sees of it lashes out about it being broken and that scorpius is always useless and Scorpia again finally tells her to her face that she is a bad friend and walks away, leaving catcher to contemplate the buster recording. And she walks back into the lab where Hordak is and hides from his view and claims that the chapter just must have taken the recordings with her, and that they obviously aren't here. Yeah, this is <laughs> and...
1: just brutal, honestly. This little you're a bad friend moment coming from Scorpia,
2: that's... Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Like, when Scorpio, of all people, is telling you you suck, it's like, that's when I feel like you really have to re-examine your life. Yeah. <laughs> but Catra's Catra, so she doesn't. <laughs> but yes, uh, Hordak is just furious about the recordings apparently being gone, and says that he gave Catra an order, but Catra retorts that he was able to build an empire if I had a princess's help beforehand, and to just get the fuck over and get cap- trapped already. And finishes her a little, like, rant by saying that they'll conquer Iftheria and show everyone, because you know, that's all Catra's motivation. She just has to... She needs a dub so bad at this point. She wasn't able to get such a crazy KD ratio earlier, and now she just wants to do whatever it takes still at this point.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, we've talked a lot about Katra's journey, but it's honestly wild how she has gotten to the point where the only thing that she could consider a win is taking over the planet. <laughs>
2: yeah
1: <laughs> like uh no, well, I hey, like she, my lesbian, to... evil but come on
2: <laughs> yeah no, well she failed to wipe out all life from it so now it just needs to be crushed under her heel I guess <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be uncomfortable she doesn't wear shoes true but she's a monk so she can kick people with her feet she doesn't need shoes <laughs> But yes, this is probably the weirdest part of this episode to me because Hordak at this point notices a bit of First Ones tech that's just on his desk, like covered in like some papers or something <laughs> and that he somehow didn't know was there. And he sees it and is like, ah, okay, this is what I was missing. I'll be ready in a day with our plan. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, my god, you've been looking for Entrapta's recordings, like, well, at least implied to be looking for the recordings, so much in your own lab, where Entrapta was hanging out for most of the time between when she started working alongside you and when she, air betrayed you. Why would you not have scoured every little surface of your lab to see if there was anything that would give you a hint of how to make this stuff work, to not see this little tiny data disk on your desk? What
1: I would suggest (laughs) is... And again, just a suggestion. It's not in the show. But what we've seen of Hordak so far, he's so much of a a one-note thinker, right? He gets on a track, and then he goes and goes and goes and goes. And the instant that that doesn't work, suddenly he's on a new track. Like, it it takes almost nothing to derail him. So I Mm -hmm. would suggest that maybe it's possible that the recordings he was looking for were for something else, and then suddenly they weren't available, and then he saw this, and now this is the plan. He's kind of a, a Palpatine in that way, insofar as he doesn't have a real plan, he just jumps on whatever opportunity affords itself to him.
2: Mm. Uh, it's it's goofy regardless of what the actual answer is. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's still just on his desk, and he's like, Oh, I could use this. All right. <laughs> wait." Uh, but we end with Scorpio returning to Horror Hall where I don't know if Emily hit herself under some rocks or Scorpio hit her under some rocks but it doesn't look like it would be very easy for Emily to get herself under these rocks very easily (laughs) (laughs) but yeah she tells her that Katra bought the lie that that piece of junk was recording, and she and Emily then leave the Fright Zone to go help Entrapta and say "fuck the Horde forever." <laughs> so yay! That she's not only is she also telling Scatter that she sucks, she's also finally leaving the shitty, abusive, like life that she's known. Yeah,
1: it's about time. <sighs> yeah.
2: I was expecting her to get magic powers in the end because she, like, touched the runestone and it was very much, like, at least, at the least or the minimum, I feel like, foreshadowing that she's going to get powers from the Black Garnet at some point. (laughs) Uh. I mean, it has, like, some, like, kind of ominous whispering when she's, like, kind of near it at times, and it's like, yeah, she's definitely going to get some power from it. I don't know what the
1: deal is with the Black Garnet. Like, all the other runestones are so straightforward and this one is... Why did they put an evil one? Huh? What's the point of that? <laughs>
2: <sighs> yeah, it's it's a little goofy that it's just like, oh, there's a bunch of magic rocks here, but this magic rock is evil for some reason. Like, we
1: know the first ones put them here. They messed up the whole planet. So why did they put an evil rock here?
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the first ones suck. <laughs>
0: <sighs> but
1: yeah, that's... Uh really really like these episodes uh th- this sort of era of Shira where people are starting to become disillusioned and really see the horde for what it is this is ah this is my stuff I love it so much
2: yeah I can see where you're like oh yeah Shira does not really start till season four mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> as much as it is to be like oh yeah this show starts like over the halfway point
1: (laughs) it's a weird statement but yes it's very true
2: (laughs) it's it's true yeah it's it's weird to think about but it's like yeah that's not inaccurate (laughs) the show does really just kind of take till season four to really actually start (laughs) yeah
1: like if i had my druthers and if we had all our episodes if we got just a full steve escapes from the coven episode ah i want it so bad I love it when yeah. the people on the inside of the evil organization start to see how bad it is.
2: Yeah, we kind of didn't get that as much for Steve, really. It's just more like He's like, yeah, it's, uh, I had my characterization off-screen, unfortunately, because uh fucked over the show Run, and it got less episodes. We
1: kidnapped some children, and I feel bad about that, and now I quit the coven in the end. <laughs>
2: I, hey, at least that's a fair po- enough point to be like, yeah. And like I mean, he's like, actually, no, this, I mean, he's like, yeah, even talking to Hunter, like, do you remember how they fucking threw us on the mountain for most of us to die? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit sucked. <laughs> and now we're just going around kidnapping kids and, like, taking away their palaceman, you know what happens to those, and also, like, making them not be to see their families anymore to join our ranks of idiots. Yeah, this sucks, I'm out. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Only get one day off a year. Oh, yeah, brutal. <laughs> yep but yeah
1: no this is um this is the stuff i love we're in it now <laughs> and yeah, it only and, took and, uh... us three months
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yeah. Uh, it only took us how many fucking episodes of the show so far <laughs> uh
1: well we're on episode this is episode 39 of our show so i
2: think we had like
1: 26 el house episodes
2: something like something that something like that, yeah. So yeah, it's been like, what, uh, three and a half months of she before it's like, oh, shit's happening. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> kind of finally. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this would be she episode 16, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, I guess I can talk a little bit
1: about the 80s stuff. I have almost nothing, because we're introduced to almost nothing in this episode. But uh, <laughs> the one thing I do have, uh, Horror Hall, uh, Scorpio's Ancestral Home. Uh in the 1980s show it was uh Shadow Weaver's Palace which was located uh on top of the nameless volcano and it was guarded by a dragon named Nightfire so super edgy <laughs>
2: <laughs> the most 80s a dragon name could possibly be yes
1: it also looked like this <laughs> 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 I think you can kind of get the idea from the way it's shaped. Like, this is probably why Horror Hall became the Scorpia family ancestral. Yeah, I
2: mean, it it, it really does look like it's, like, a big, like, tower robot scorpion. Yeah, it's super does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say about this place. It was Shadow Weaver's base, um... By the end of it, uh, She-Ra and her friends stormed it and kicked Shadow Weaver out and reclaimed the hall in the end. It, like The hall itself has no interesting stories. It's not like the characters. <laughs> it's just a place where they could animate Shadow Weaver standing around being malicious. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fun.
1: That's all I got, sorry. <laughs> uh,
2: not the most engaging segment, right, me- but there you go. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's still more than I have, because uh, no transformations and no trivia besides the Wilhelm scream. Oh, no. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I, well, I mean, hey, this show's really never been about that past, like, well, as much as, like, trivia, like or rather that voice actors count as trivia, but that's just what I lumped it in, <laughs> just because it was fun to be like, oh, yeah, this person's in so many Fire Emblem stuff, yeah, fair. or whatever, yeah. but, I mean... To be fair, this is also on the fucking she wiki. <laughs> uh, this is that site's fault for not listing anything in trivia besides this is when Glimmer got her powers back. It's like, yeah, thanks, I watched the episode. I saw that. I don't need you to specify that in the text here at the bottom of the Wikipedia article, too.
1: As much as that's true, I'm also kind of reminded of when we finally started to get really into the end of the House and to be there when just suddenly trivia stopped happening.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, they also did not have time anymore.
1: Because, <laughs> like, that's where we are right now, you know? The story is going.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Which, I say, but... Uh... <sighs> so I guess, since we don't have any of the other stuff, we should talk about some programming notes. Um, so next week, we'll be back with two more episodes of she And after... Boys Night Out, we'll be taking a couple of weeks off for uh, some Owl House-related content before getting back into She-Ra. So uh, Season 4, Episode 8 of She-Ra is going to be our last one for a while, and then we're doing Owl House again. We're getting back to our roots.
2: (laughs) Yay! Return to the the gays, finally. Well, I say finally. It's only been like five months.
1: (laughs) Gotta go uh, wherever you live and fry
2: up some owls. <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> <He said> that. <laughs> to be fair, that was like episode seven. <laughs> yes, that was lost in language. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, because it's when uh, loose finds her early on in the in the library, mm-hmm. right, yep. <laughs> before she meets other them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we want to say what the other? thing is or do we want to leave that to be a surprise i think we should probably leave cares. that for
1: a surprise for now
2: that's that's it's fair, not yeah. something
1: our viewers will see coming
2: yeah <laughs> uh, well yeah probably not <laughs> <laughs> yeah that 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 should go up uh the week that the or the i guess like the the week after the episode yeah that'll be on like season the 17th the special airs, yeah by which yeah, i mean it agree. should be
1: the 17th but Everything in the world has conspired against the last few episodes,
2: so... Yeah, t- typically we release more on, like, Wednesday.
1: It's supposed to be <laughs> so a like Monday that... show, and someday it will be again, I <laughs>
0: promise.
2: Yeah, so, like, that one will be out the the week of the 17th, because we do the recording for the special on the 20th of October. Because yep. uh, we, we would not be able to be easily prepared enough to do cover uh thanks to them on the same day there so yeah absolutely <laughs> then get that episode ready within two days <laughs> like
1: we're good but we're not that good
2: <laughs>
1: we're gonna need to watch this I mean, two hey, or three times because we're gonna have to talk about it
2: <laughs> I, yeah i mean it's double length yeah and there's g- gonna be uh that's there's usually like within like a few days that people like list like a bunch of the trivia on the a house wiki to be like oh this is and like also from what i see if people talk about it being like does this theory think does anyone think this theory might be what's going on kind of deal <laughs> yeah it, it's it's i mean it's also like i mean eventually the trivia with we were coming with foul houses also is talking about just like things we were thinking of like how uh i was looking at one just now let me look back at it real quick uh the fuck was it uh da-da-da-da. uh No, maybe not. <laughs> I was looking at the one when we did Hollow mine but that's, like, really just, like, people pointing out stuff with, like, the pictures. Yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, we oh. talked about that knife a lot. <laughs> oh, right, yes, I remember. Uh, with episode 17 one, I brought up the theory about King wiping the collector mark off his skull onto Luce's legging, which people thought, is this how collect-lose happens <laughs> because she has the mark on her leg? <laughs> but no, collect-lose did not... Well, we... We don't know yet. I, I said the I said the bad theory aloud, and now Dana's gonna make it happen in like episode, in the second special or something. Yeah, yeah, sure can. And collect lose is gonna be the actual final boss that they need to fight. We thought
1: we got away from it, but then you said it, and yeah. there's uh, three no, episodes yeah, well... left. So,
2: <laughs> <sighs> yep. Hey, I mean to be fair, collect lose still had the chance to happen, even if I said that we're not. <laughs> Everybody was so certain that was going to happen in the season 2 finale and that Collect loose would be the person they had to fight.
1: Yeah, but it's like, how do I say this? You have a fantastic prognostication power when it comes to cartoons.
0: <laughs> so,
2: Well, uh, to be fair, when it comes to cartoons that were still airing, like brand new. <laughs> Unless, I like, wait, didn't you say there was one point where I actually did predict something that was going to happen in she and didn't realize it? Uh, I distinctly remember that conversation.
1: I don't remember what you predicted. We might have
2: passed it already. Huh. I, I might have to go back through the notes of the other episodes and see if I remember what it might have been. It's possible. <laughs> Curse my bad memory. <laughs> hey, to be fair, we've already been doing this for... Uh, if you don't count the pilot, like, at least, like, eight and a half months since since we started, like, the first week of January, roughly? (laughs) It's been a while already.
1: (laughs) That's true, yes, but I don't know. (laughs) Uh, You know, people on podcasts always say that they never remember anything they talk about on podcasts, and I'm always over here going, I don't see why not, I remember it as a listener, and yet...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well... Good, good for you because every time that I have to think about what to been in the tweet blurb about the episode I'm like what the fuck did we talk about yeah same it's
1: totally different when you're making a show and I <laughs> yeah, don't know why yeah,
2: exactly yeah yeah it's like I mean it's again like like I said like I could remember Dan Riker not knowing what pirates were back when they were down Skull and Bones but meanwhile I'm like what the fuck did we talk about a week ago oh yeah we talked about a lot of like Infamous and uh, me walking wandering into the Christian gift shop right <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's goofs I can put on there you give me
1: a 16 digit numeric code and i'll have that permanently memorized within 10 minutes and yet
2: (laughs) yeah i'm honestly still surprised i remember my new phone number as quickly as i did when i changed it a few months ago i mean to be fair two parts of it are actually kind of like not not the funny number but numbers that i definitely remember (laughs) since because they're really easy to remember (laughs) I, I If I could have had a phone number that had 69 and 420 it, I would have but unfortunately no. Oh, nice. the, face, the face did not align that well when it came to changing my number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, well um, I think we're pretty much good at this point so I guess I will just say that if you have questions for the show, you can send them to us at Cast on Twitter and Cast at gmail.com and if you've enjoyed this sort of wild rambling about Assassin's Creed and Infamous and Star Wars, uh, you can find me on Twitter at hatch underscore jacket, where I typically do not do this because I don't get enough characters in a general tweet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always funny to be like every time we're going into it where I'm like, what the fuck are we going to talk in the preamble? And somehow we fill 40 minutes mostly with Assassin's Creed talk. <laughs> Oh, listen, uh, I didn't even get
1: into Andor the new Star Wars show. We could have <laughs> We could have had a talking have, about Star I, Wars segment.
2: <laughs> I have heard apparently that's good. It's At the least so at the least so far it seems like it's going in a similar way that uh, Mando originally did of like we're not gonna do overall Jedi bullshit. And it's like, well I'll give it time probably because all the star in all the years of Star Wars only one fucking thing ever happened. <laughs> uh
1: I like it. I like what it's going for. Uh, I think it's a little bit too try-hard. <laughs> hmm. uh, the, the very first scene of the first episode is... I,
2: I Yeah, I have heard that, where it's like he just like, ices two cops after leaving like a brothel or something. Well,
1: yeah. yeah, the very first scene of the very first episode is him walking through the red light district into a brothel, as if to say, this ain't your daddy's Star Wars. Yeah.
2: Except...
1: Did they not watch Star Wars? Half of it was Leia dressed up in a bikini and being forced to be a sex yeah, slave. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. For a big slug monster. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like I remember that. It's
1: it's been there all along. Probably. You don't need to distance yourself from the source material.
2: Yeah. Like probably one of the like distinctive things I remember as a kid of like this is the first time I saw the closest to boobs I guess. Yeah, remember Seeing Star that? Wars episode it's, four it's like, where she wasn't allowed to have it, a bra it, because
1: there's no bras in space thanks George Lucas. Well,
2: she, well, that's what George Lucas trying to claim, and then she's like fuck that and wore a bra anyway. Yeah. I remember he tried to push for it, and it's like, but that would mean your boobs are floating everywhere in space in zero gravity, and that'd be uncomfortable. Yeah, I just it, the, yeah. the weird dark underbelly has always been there and this
1: show seems determined to throw it in your face as if it's a new and edgy thing but it's (laughs)
2: yeah it's not exactly (laughs) there's been there's also been like multiple dancers in like bikinis at times mostly also with Java, but like still Uh,
0: i mean
1: goodness me remember return of the jedi what about that six-breasted harem dancer
2: Was she was was she in the original cut or added for the like George Lucas one where they had the weird like singing bit?
1: I think she was but, added later. I I think that was part of the uh the the music scene they added.
2: Yeah, I I, I feel like I distinctly remember it being in that. Yeah. Or um, Max Rebo and the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> much like how they had to add in the shot of like the boo with the Gungan celebrating, because it's like, oh, well, they definitely weren't in there, and then I still, I get that they're like, well, if he's a force ghost, he can choose what he looks like, but it's like, it's still so weird to see this Hayden Christensen ass Hayden Christensen in that last shot in the edit, and it's like, that's, <laughs> that's not, that's not, uh, you, could just, you could just get the old man, because <laughs> he's just an old man at that point, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, uh, whatever, no, Lucas, I'm wrong. she was is going the original to join movie. Movies. Oh, okay. Well I sank corrected too. Uh yeah, no, I guess uh I should probably also just bring up my Twitter real quick too. Uh still Chloe Phil Chaos, you know, it's the usual stuff. I'm still posting Splatoon stuff. Just retweeting a lot of fan art of cyberpunk edge runners because I finished that show forgot <laughs> to mention that it's good it, it it was just as depressing as I thought it was going to be <laughs> it, it's cyberpunk <laughs> it yeah but I mean it's like very much like again like you know you get that hint at the very start where it's like oh, of course the mom's going to die again for this for that but it's like oh this is they're really just setting this up for this to all just go bad and uh, yeah it's like it's still it goes bad and it's still sad that it goes bad <laughs> yep
1: yeah. Yeah. It's chill. It's uh it's been a lot this week, but we made it through. And next week Boys Nights.
2: Boys Nights. Also unrelated, I'm just now seeing that the the frickin' I'm just your problem song from an end to time is already eleven years old. What the fuck? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> How is that already eleven years old? <laughs> i guess actually i guess no i guess that kind of does track because i started watching adventure time back in 2012 after i just moved to illinois shortly around that time i was watching it during lunch breaks at work and it's like yeah i guess that i guess that timeline tracks because like by that point adventure time was really like around like season three so i guess so it's fucking weird (laughs) what the fuck is time
1: Okay, well, uh, on that note, I think there's not much left to say, <laughs> but uh, remember, the flow of time is endless and you cannot oh, escape.
2: Oh no! <laughs> also, uh, also, uh, bubbling gay. Uh, <laughs>
1: but seriously, uh, remember, us videos have to stick, stick together. together.
0: Bye! Bye. <laughs> <laughs>